0: do cast last last now everybody go our breakfast <continues> good morning who <laughs> feeling blessed today for the doubt for me, I be a I no go the goat. I no go feed the cow. It's My mind is in the dark. I put my life into my job, and I know I'm in trouble. She manipulated my love. Oh, mm-hmm. I know holy, and I know that yeah, Like the bababra, yo, my ayo, yo, don't cry, yo. Honey, do Who ready to level up their mind this morning? It's gonna be one of them kind of mornings, I promise you. I feel this wind, this swing like Jangolova. When they swing like Django Lover Now you crash your I'm not for that to remake Could have been all over My feelings still They swing like Django Lover feelings still They swing like timbani Nick you At you I'm a white dog Give me Why you say I did Nothing for you And if I do anything You want me to do Timbani catch you At you I'm a white dog in me Fendi Why you say I did if I do anything you want me to do Maybe another time, maybe another life You will be my wife and we'll get it right We cast, last, last Now everybody go drop breakfast. i will say bye
2: man man how y'all doing this morning how y'all feeling listen man we got a lot to talk about today
1: fantastic
2: that's what I like to hear man you know fantastic is the way I like to hear you know what I'm saying it's gonna be one of them kind of mornings you know we got my guy Larry West in the building (laughs) So, listen, man We finna talk about some real High-level stuff But at the same time Stuff that Everybody in the room Needs to make sure that you Number one, grab a pencil and a pad Okay This is one of those pencil and a pad kind of shows This is one of those Have the laptop next to you With the Google setup type of shows Because one thing about uh, wealth, success, growth, right, is that a lot of it has to do with positioning, right? How you position yourself, not only in the marketplace, but position yourself from a strategic standpoint to make sure that you're not losing on the things that you gain. Okay, so you don't want to be taking unnecessary losses as a result of not positioning yourself right, not being in rooms like this, not having that laptop sitting open with the Google setup You understand what I'm saying? Being able to be, you know, to search these things as we as we listen to these things. Uh, another thing that you want to make sure you want to make sure that you have your again, make sure that you, you you have your notes and all those things, and that you're thinking about what your game plan is right what your specific game plan is and how you can tie those things into the things that we're going to be talking about today and then also ask your questions this is going to be an ask your question kind of day so um i just want to i just want to preface with saying that you're not going to hear regular information this is very high level information um you know and that's not my opinion that's not an opinion that's opinion uh, that's me saying that based on the the, the type of people That Larry uh, works with. I mean, Larry is working with a lot of seven, eight. You know what I mean? Probably nine-figure earners, Um, and um, yeah, and he's saving them millions, millions on taxes. So I just wanted to put that down You know what I mean? So everybody can kind of fully understand What we're finna really embark on Like it's not going to be a regular experience I just wanted you to fully understand that So with that being said Listen, my name is Byron Real Estate Investor Out of Houston, Texas Primarily focused on the wholesale space Also do a little little bit of creative finance Fix and flip new construction Um, I'm excited to talk about all of the things That we're going to be covering today um, Plus some So man you know, brace yourself, brace yourself That's all I got to say about that, man Listen, man, if you haven't already Make sure you put a, a special prayer in the sky For my guy Dallas, man Put a special prayer in the sky for my guy Dallas uh, That's going to be important Because, uh, you know, you know what I mean? He, he, you know what I'm saying? He's going through a little situation with this COVID thing, man You know, he, you know, kind of like how I was last week I don't know what's going on with this new spread But it's happening So go ahead and put a special prayer We will be live um, In Bible study tonight Uh, We got uh, uh, Adrian Davis coming through tonight um, In the wealth community So you don't want to miss that That's going to be a fantastic Fantastic event Uh, So make sure you pull up to that And uh, yeah You know um, Man It's going to be a good thing It's going to be a good thing man So uh I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna hold us up. I'm not gonna hold us up, man. Ashley, how you? How you? How you doing this morning? You. <laughs> I'm
3: <laughs> you, good. You feeling how are you? this morning?
4: I, I feel. I feel blessed. I, you, know, you know, every time we say I feel blessed, I think of Ti and Charlie, Uncle Charlie. Uncle Charlie. Have you Have you heard that song yet, Bird? Like, I I ain't heard that one. Uh, where have you been? You don't do your homework. I, I gave you know. this assignment yeah, a while assignment.
2: ago. What you got to do I with did. me though? What you got to do with me though, Ashley? I got
4: to send you the you link. Gotta send I got to you. Yeah, okay. I have to okay. get the link. I, I, I have to do homework for you to do your homework. That part, That's what you're saying. Oh, part. okay, okay. <laughs> <sighs> I do better with the oh, ladies. Do you see what I go through <laughs> on a regular basis?
3: On regular.
4: I don't know how they you do have. it, Ashley. <laughs> t- t- thank you. Thank you. Keep Please me lifted. Be. Please. Keep me lifted. Kim and Rachel think it's funny. Hilarious. Oh, uh, hi. Uh is it Amma? Amma said this is her first time here. She loves the background song. Good morning, Alma. Welcome, welcome. Hey y'all. Good morning, good morning, good morning to you. Listen, I miss my introduction from my big brother. I know he doesn't feel good. We gotta go ahead and get him, you know, healthy again because it's just not the same. You see how Byron just passes it over. He's like Ashley, how you feeling? You know what I mean? (laughs)
2: It's a big difference. You know what I'm saying? It's a big big... difference.
4: (laughs) Man, it's a foolishness right there. Is what it is. Hey, y'all. Thank y'all so much for tapping in. You're with the Business Over Breakfast Club. Make sure you hit the house at the top of the screen. Become a member of this growing community. We have Larry West in the building. Larry, I need to connect with you myself. Larry's going to drop some gems, jewels, nuggets, all the things about best tax-saving secrets before 2023. Make sure you have your notebook, your pen, your pencil, your notepad, whatever it is, so you can take copious notes during his share. I know he's gonna give so much value. So I'm Dr. Ashley B. Wilkerson, the host and thought leader of the Phenomenal Women Leading Community Network. If you're not a member, ladies in particular, you need to go ahead and search it right here on Clubhouse and on Facebook groups and make sure you are a member. I wanna see you there. I am here with your first portion of the morning news. There was a teenager in Mississippi who saved four people from drowning after a car sinks in the river. He tossed his clothes, his phone, his shoes, and he jumped into the river and he saved all four passengers. He said he didn't even think about it. He just wanted to help them and get them out of the river. Uh, He's been swimming since he was three years old. Remember yesterday? Byron, I reported that there are a significant number of deaths each day as it pertains to drowning. So, he saved four people yesterday from drowning.
2: Wow. Wow. That is amazing. Um, That's amazing. He a whole hero out here.
4: A whole hero. A whole hero. Now, unfortunately on another note pertaining to drowning deaths mother is trying to figure out what happened my child who is four years old was in your swimming program to learn how to swim and drowned apparently no one was there there were no witnesses very little details on what led to his hospitalization and it remains a mystery how this four-year-old passed away in swim lessons in swim practice. Hmm. Can you imagine
2: that? That would suck. That that would suck real bad. It, it just don't make a lot of sense. You know what I'm saying?
4: It's you know this one hit me because uh, when I saw this when I saw this particular report, I was actually at my daughter's swim team practice and so my girls have been on swim team for a year now they have practiced two to three days a week um and so you expect you know you don't take your children to learn how to swim to you know save them from drowning only to drown
2: yeah, that's that's a problem. That that right there is a
4: problem. I ain't gonna lie. And no one has any answers. That's the problem. Yeah. No one knows. No one. No one knows. No one was present. But it's it's swim lessons. So, so here, actually,
5: you said that you were there at your kid's swim practice. So what's weird to me, and this is not shame blaming though, right? Just to be clear, as a mother, a four year old. I couldn't drop my four-year-old to water and not be present.
4: Like, So here's the thing about that, though. And I, I understand what you're saying. Here's the thing about that. Sometimes, and, and this was really hard for me, Amina. Sometimes when you take your children to swim practice or tennis practice or karate practice, sometimes the instructors don't permit the parents to stay like, on the premises uh, or okay. or within the room because parents can be a distraction parents can get nervous children can perform differently because they see their parents there so sometimes they don't permit you to stay right there in the practice room or you know what I mean in the training whatever it is sometimes they don't permit you to stay during that time they will tell you you know to drop off and pick up at certain times but not stay during the entire practice um I'm the type of parent though, right? <laughs> <Me> <laughs> I'm too. not going to stay right. I don't know. <laughs> I stay near the door. I keep my eye peeked in. I'm doing something. I'm that type of parent, but not all parents. You know, I don't judge them. Some parents say, okay, I'm going to go sit in my car. Some parents, you know, they, they go farther away where they may not be able to actually see, but they're close, you know? So there are different ranges of that i just i still can't imagine dropping my child off to practice though and then that happening and no one has any answers no one
2: yeah that'd be be a little tough that'd be a little tough you know and i bet them conversations at that house trying to figure that out man and navigate that situation a little rough
4: yes Yes. So the name has been released for the uh, gentleman who has now uh, the death toll is seven people in Illinois. Fourth of July parade, mass shooting in Highland Park. Uh, His name is Robert Bobby Cremo. He was taken into custody on Monday without incident. And apparently he attained his gun legally. Mm -hmm. That's all the uh, information about him.
2: You know, actually, I don't. I don't know what it is about this one right here, but it, but it, but it really angers me. Um, I don't know what it is. You know, I hear about mass shootings, right? And uh, I, you know, you hear about it all the time. Unfortunately, uh, and all of them piss me off to a certain degree because I just, I, I'm still struggling to figure out a way to get it right. But for some reason, this one right here pissed me off in a special kind of way. I it just really, it just really got under my skin a little bit, you know. Especially after I Tell seen the guy,
3: watch.
2: I seen the guy. Tell he us just, watch. you know, he just looked like a real weirdo, you know. And I, I just thought to myself, like, this dude really, really, you know, he really, really felt like a big man after he done what he done. You know what I'm saying? And I just. I don't know. It's just some, you know, it just makes me think. You know, I wonder if they was passing out them Rodney King ass whoopings. You understand what I'm saying? Would he still have, would these killers have the same energy? You understand what I'm saying? Because they go to jail, you know what I'm saying? They may get a little McDonald's on their way. You understand what I'm saying? It's just, I don't know, Ashley. I'm trying to figure this out. Help me understand. You know, we had another guy who was proposed to be armed, right? Well, they just shot him up Shot him 60 times You know what I'm saying? They shot him 60 times Easy work Easy work Right? He had did nothing Technically But run from the cops And this guy Literally shot people You know what I'm saying? 60 or 50 people However many people it was And um, yeah, you go to jail with no incident. man. I'm just confused. I'm working it out in my mind. The calculations are not adding up. You know, I'm just having a difficult time. So y'all pray for me. Y'all pray for
4: me. Well, you know, you've seen that article um, about my dad who, um, it was a viral article. It was a picture that went viral about my dad who was praying with a a white officer. The white officer asked my dad to pray with him during a traffic stop. And, um, that viral, that picture went viral. And the officer and I, you know, we've kept in contact and we had a conversation about the photo, about the exchange. And one of the, um, news outlets put, you know, you know how they sensationalize titles for clickbait purposes, right? Oh, yeah. And they put, you know, the stop started with fear and ended with prayer. So the so we had this conversation, and I was asked, you know, well, were you really in fear when the when when the stop happened? And I said, well, I don't believe in living my life in fear. I don't walk around in fear, um, you know, because anything can happen at any given day. You know, I can get hit by a car quicker than anything else. Right. So I don't walk around in fear. However, let's be clear in America, when you see pictures like that, it's usually not because of prayer, right? Uh, we have, it's been normalized in America for, uh, African Americans to know that things happen disproportionately. So when pulled over by white Uh, you know in terms of stops or um, when you have incidents like this where people of color would have left the situation one way in comparison um, to white people who leave the same situation a completely different way right and so I said you know even though I did not have fear I'm very well aware of what happens in America with people of color And those who are supposed to protect and serve us. And so this This is now putting in conversations with law officials about race relations and about, you know, the media, uh, the perspectives of people in the media, in the public, um, the interactions between the black community and white officers and so forth. And so it's put, it's put me in those situations more frequently than not. And educating especially those who act as if they may not be aware of those challenges and those disproportionate actions that takes place. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. It is the it's the we going to act like we don't know if there is a difference people for me. <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, that's an
2: amazing bunch that's an amazing bunch i just pray for them too why are you praying for me and my understanding pray for them folk them them they uh, I,
4: I, I no said why are you <laughs> my understanding I no why are you why are you praying for me because i feel some kind of way yeah. pray for them
2: too pray for them too you know what i mean let's just spread it all around let's spread the wealth
3: <laughs>
4: Pray, pray for everybody. You get a prayer. You get a prayer.
2: That
3: part.
4: (laughs) (laughs) You are so funny. Listen, it's official. Oh, it's official. Rihanna is the youngest self-made billionaire with her net worth 1.4 billion. She Yep, she landed the 21st spot on. Award. so wow. she is all the way official now all the way official the youngest so self-made billionaire in america goes wow. to rihanna
2: that is powerful
4: After threatening a lawsuit r kelly has now been removed from the suicide watch list for him on suicide watch even though he says he won't harm himself Uh, so his attorneys did intervene and he has now been removed but he does still uh, complain of inhumane treatment
2: yeah yeah, it's going to be rough on R man it's going to be rough on old Robert man Um, too bad so sad yeah it's going to be rough on him I'm just saying um you know the kind of treatment that he's used to getting and uh the kind of treatment that he's going to get inside of there is going to be a, it's going to be a, it's going to be a big difference be a real big difference so you know he got yeah. <laughs> got a lot of adjustments to make i can understand why they uh put him on that that kind of watch yeah
4: yeah i mean he doesn't want you know he, he he's still going to worry about pr and all the things so he's not going to want to be known as suicidal in so forth so forth so he's not going to want that image with his brand on top of every other image that he has no. I'm sure so he's like no take me off that list well, we that can. concludes this morning's news passing it over to you I like the I like the vibe you like the vibe I like the vibe
2: you know what I'm saying Listen, I, you hey. know, this, this is my vibe, is my vibe. <laughs> but, you know we got Larry West in the building we got my Malachi in the building as well
4: Malachi is a whole genius
2: you know, he came in tote with English degree on deck.
4: English degree <laughs> <laughs> Don't start. Don't start. The people in the back don't even understand that. Don't start. Don't start. <laughs> Malachi, how are you feeling with that English degree? Are you feeling good, feeling great, Malachi? I
6: I'm I'm feeling wonderful.
2: It's the best degree <laughs> on the planet. On oh,
4: the planet. <laughs>
7: I love y'all so much. Oh, man. This is the
2: hey, this, this one, this one has land. This is has this one has lasted the test of time, actually It has truly lasted the test of time. You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying. But, Everybody got their name spelled correctly and everything. That part. <laughs> oh man. So here's the deal. Here's the deal. One thing that you can be certain of, you guys, is death and taxes. You can definitely be certain of death and taxes uh, So as a result of that If you have a better understanding of how, how to better position yourself In ways to where you can escape a lot of these taxes, right? Reposition a lot of these taxes, right? And and on top of that, be able to offset some of your earned income, right? Right? With some of these taxes, that those are the kind of things that we're going to be talking about specifically today. Okay, um, you know, so we, we got to pay our taxes. That's just a part of that's just a part of being living in a civilized society, right? You need your taxes. I don't care what nobody say. Anybody telling you that you know they don't want to pay no taxes for anything? Let me tell you something. When the taxes go out the door, the civilization goes out the door too. The rules go out the door too. So you got to take both of them. You know, you gotta take both of them. But uh, we're gonna we're gonna be we're gonna dive deep on that today. So, Larry, you mind doing a quick introduction as to who you are? Why I'm blowing you up on this stage right now? You know what I'm saying? Because people may not understand. You know, can you help us out with a quick intro as to who Larry West is and why should everybody be bracing themselves uh, for the specific information that we're gonna be covering today?
8: Yes, yes. Good morning, by the way. Thank you for the app opportunity. Uh, it's also a pleasure to st- uh, share the stage with my brother Malachi, man. It's been far too long since you and I have, uh, have shared a stage. So I'm excited uh, to be up here with you because I, I certainly value your perspective and input. Uh, but for those who I haven't had the opportunity to meet, my name is Larry D. West III. Uh, I run a tax strategy and consulting firm here in the Dallas Fort Worth area. And long story short, short story long, we help folks with taxes uh, as well as the accounting side. But the point is we help you hold on to more of your money, send less of it off to the government because the reality is it's not about how much you make. It's more about how how much you keep and we just want to help you keep more of it
2: i like keeping i love keeping you know it's funny larry because when um you know a lot of people it's like i i you know when i would work um with a lot of travel nurses right i would talk to them about real estate all the time right because they would be making like a tremendous amount of money right um And a lot of people don't even know, like them travel nurses that was doing that COVID, they was doing all these different things. I got a good friend of mine and this is no joke. This is no joke. Um, He made, he earned uh, a little, a little less than half a million last year off of nursing income. A little less than that half a million. Um, A lot of people don't know that these, like that it was nurses making that kind of money. Um, and I was talking to him about real estate, right? And I was like, yo, you know, the thing about it is, listen, even if you just had a couple properties, right? Do you know how much money you could potentially save in taxes, in taxes? Because a lot of people get that whole right stuff off and all that kind of stuff. They get it wrong. They, they don't understand the full concept, but I was breaking it down to him you know, uh, the type of money that he could potentially be saving. Even even if he just had one property, two properties, maybe three, um, properties, whether he was, you know, doing a whole bunch with them or not, you know, sometimes it's just having you a couple little rentals. What, what would you say to that person that is earning, right? A significant amount of income, um, from a, from a W2 situation and, uh, and they're looking to save on just the basics, just just basic taxes, what would you say um, a tax profile would look like for a person that has made maybe 300 grand, three 400 grand, um, and they have a couple rental properties? How would Larry West approach a situation like that from a tax perspective to help that person um, save, save some money?
8: Yeah, you know, good good question because that that's an issue that hits uh, quite a few quite a few Americans. And so uh, when you're on the W two side, the conventional wisdom is basically your options are limited, right? You don't have many choices, and that's true to an extent. I, I think some of the the obvious things one can do um, are, of course, make sure we're maximizing all of the pre-tax deductions that are offered through our job, whether that's uh, max contribution to our retirement uh, accounts, uh, taking advantage of the uh, pre-tax health insurance premiums and and all of those fun things. But then when you get into the investing side, and this is where it gets uh, fun, but also a little bit tricky. The objective here is to take the money you're earning and buy assets that produce income. Now, when you're a high earning W-2, the tax advantages for real estate are a bit delayed. uh, And and that depends on a number of other factors. But I don't want you to have the assumption that, hey, just because I I have real estate, that means I can take massive deductions because there are limitations for higher income earners. But what you are doing uh, are two key things. One, You're earning more money, assuming your properties are cash flowing, but you're paying taxes on little to none of it when it comes to the rental real estate side. So we can't get we can't let that get lost, earn more, pay little or less in in taxes on that new money that we're earning. Uh, And then the the second part of that is. Looking at opportunities to further leverage those properties, and we may get into to this down the line. But when you when you have access to capital, i.e., debt, looking at refis and things like that, that's access to a large amount of money that is basically tax free. So you, we we talk about the burst strategy all the time: buy, uh, rehab, uh, rent out, repeat that whole process. And I may have missed the R, so feel free to correct me if if I miss one. But the point there is. The refi uh, side of things—that's access to cash with no tax implications at all. So you're winning uh, quite a bit when you have those uh, those rental properties in your portfolio.
2: Wow! So uh, just in basic terms, what? Hey Byron, can I on Jump in, jump in, Malika.
6: Yeah, what Larry said is 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 perfect. Absolutely correct. There's one other thing that they can do, all of those high-wage, high, high W-2 wage earners can do immediately, especially this year and next year. They should invest in in properties and do short-term rental, manage it themselves the first year, because that way they can take all of those losses uh, from the depreciation, the bonus depreciation that they get, and immediately offset it against their W-2 income.
2: So what does so that they look can like? Essentially what does Go that ahead. look like? What does that look like in in, um, in real numbers? What what would something kind of look like? Give give me a, a case study kind of style example.
6: Okay, so say for example, you buy a house that costs one hundred thousand uh, dollars. Twenty five to thirty percent of that one hundred thousand dollars, you should be able to do a cost seg study and take that dip- that money for depreciation and offset that money thirty thousand dollars against your W two income per
2: property. Wow. Okay, so so listen, listen to <laughs> me shit that that was major so so listen to me listen to me real real quick so let's say for instance that person has um taxes okay they, they're getting ready to pay their taxes right shout out to my guy tm in the building man um so you're getting ready to pay your taxes on your w-2 literally you're gonna offset your taxes by up to twenty thousand dollars is that what you're saying
6: Typically, yeah. Typically, it costs six thirty. You can get twenty five to thirty percent. So not only do you get the bonus depreciation, hundred uh, percent, just from the just from the house itself, but all of the furniture and things like that that you need to set up short term rental, uh, you can take a hundred percent bonus depreciation on that too. So whatever that costs, you get the combo of both of those. Take it all against your W two income, especially if you time it right, like towards the end of the year. And just manage it yourself you can essentially buy assets with the money that you would have just paid to go for.
2: listen <laughs> listen people this is this the reason why this is so important right the reason why this is so important is because somebody in the room right now let's say if you're making 70 80 000, right or whatever you're making it don't even matter it don't even matter 40 50,000. And you decide to go ahead and pick up you a rental property. And let's say you run it up a year and you really go in, right? You really really go in um trying to drive up your your W2 income. Now, with this one property, with this one property, you're able to deduct, you're able to deduct these from your earned income. Okay? Listen to me. Listen to me being able to have that and then these things go back multiple years in that, isn't that the way it work, uh Malachi, uh, Larry so so say for instance if I if I have uh uh if I have some tax savings from this year can I can I extrapolate that over a couple of years or how, how does that typically work
8: yeah, so what what you're referring to is, is what they call either a carry back, uh, which is what you're referencing, or a carry forward. Uh, the, the way that you can use the what they call the loss carry back is essentially if you have a loss that's large enough to wipe out virtually all of your um, uh, taxable income. At that point, you can then elect to carry that loss back. Back uh, to prior years to capture perhaps some taxes that you paid uh, in the past three years. If you don't have enough to carry it back, then, and you don't use all of the loss right away in year one, you can then carry it forward into future years to offset future income. Um, and so, whichever option works best for you kind of depends on your unique situation, but we have seen opportunities where we've had a large enough loss, carried it back a couple of years, and garnered a couple thousand dollars in, uh, in tax savings.
2: <laughs> listen, listen I just I just want everybody to make sure That you're paying a close attention To the things that are being said right now So tell me this um, In your opinion um, And you probably have a couple other things Other than real estate That allows people to be able to do these things I haven't heard of anything other than real estate Because that's my space, right? Is there any other um, Leverage tool that either works as good as real estate in that in that sense, or that you've seen people be able to take some of the same type of tax advantages from anybody. You
6: know, no. I
8: think real estate. Uh, what
6: was that? I said, no, real estate's the ultimate tax savings strategy. Wouldn't you agree?
8: Yeah, yeah. That's what I was going to say. I think real estate presents the best use case uh, for ultimate tax savings and tax strategies. There are others out there, but they're kind of short. You kind of shoot the shot right away. Uh, They don't have the longevity. Real estate withstands the test of time immediate tax savings in year one. Malachi just outlined the cost seg. Uh, tax savings in years two, three, and four when we talk about the rehab and refi side of things. And then when you exit the property, opportunity zones, Delaware statutory trust, all kinds of ways to defer the tax uh, uh, tax on the gain itself. And so real estate really does become an ultimate power play for long-term tax savings. It's the reason why most of the wealthy folks in this country own real estate. It's the reason why most folks in Congress uh, have their hands in real estate. Uh, so that that's should. Tell us something.
6: So, uh, Actually, I, I think there's one one other thing that's arguably better. It's just the the use of debt in general since debt is not taxed. So if you can borrow, if you can leverage in general to kickstart your business and, and get money from debt, it's not technically income because you didn't work to earn it, but it's still money in your pocket, the same as anything else. So money you can pull down from debt probably might be gr- arguably the best.
2: And a lot of times people are pulling that same money from the property, right? So, so you'll pull that debt out of that property. Is that correct?
6: Yeah, that's correct. But I, I I was just mentioning that because, you know, you, you can leverage credit card use and things like that. You know, it's just all stuff that you, you can pull money from. You don't have to pay income on it, pay tax on it.
2: Wow. Wow. This is amazing. So I, I want to pivot. I want to pivot the conversation, Right and I want to talk about these deductions. I want to talk about specific deductions, right? So if you have a business, right, um, I I want to talk about these four things that somebody would need to do. Um, Specifically, uh, I want to talk about the Augusta rule. I want to talk about how to hire family, bonus depreciation. I want to talk about uh, uh, accountable plans, right? Retirement planning, all these different kind of things. I I I want to dive deep on those things. But when we so, so, so real quick, Larry, when we're talking about deductions, deductions specifically, right? What is a deduction for the people who don't fully understand it? Because I think a lot of times when we think about deductions, right, we think about, you know... uh you know, spending a certain amount of money to, to pay, you know, to, to not have to pay taxes or get a tax write-off. People get that whole tax write-off thing kind of like screwed up because they, 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 hear it, right. And they hear that, Oh, rich people get the, you know, they, they write everything off. Right. But, but it's levels to writing things off. And sometimes you could really be kind of like, It can be counterproductive to a certain degree, so I want to I want to see see if you can break down some of these deductions. What are deductions at a basic basic level, um, and how does that that process work with all of these different uh, programs and and tools from a tax perspective?
6: Hey Byron, can I can I chime in on that before Larry hops in?
2: Yeah, real quick, yeah, jump in.
6: Yeah, so before you even worry about deductions or anything, the act the number one important thing you need to do is find someone like Larry and get a specific consultation because everything, every deduction that that you can take advantage of is all specific and related to you. And you really need a tax plan that goes over your entire situation. You need to find someone like Larry or find Larry to do that for you. That before you worry about taking anything, that's the number one thing you should be focused on.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, And the reason why that's so important, right? is because Larry is not like your typical um H&R block, you know, he's he's not like that. You understand what I'm saying? Like though these are di- it's different levels. It's kind of like levels to everything. Right? Larry is like that secret weapon that a lot of people that have money would w- work with somebody like a like a Larry, right? And you could work with them too, but you don't know that you can. So you just kind of ignore the Larrys of the world, but what I'm telling you in this room right now is you can work with people just like Larry. I have um I have a dope tax lady, you know what I mean? She's she's a beast. Um, and she kind of does similar stuff to Larry. You understand what I'm saying? She's local to Houston. Um, but, you know, I am going to be working with Larry on my um, build to rent projects for sure. Um, because I know that he does a lot of very strategic, strategically smart things with real estate that I, that I think are going to be uh, fascinating to kind of see kind of how they, they unfold. But Larry, do you mind kind of breaking down um, those deductions at a, at a basic level so everybody can kind of understand it because we want to kind of demystify this whole concept, if, if you don't mind.
8: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, a, a deduction in, in plain terms is money that's spent that the IRS allows you to use to offset your taxable income, right? You make $100 and if it's an allowable, you know, $10 deduction, congratulations, you're you're taxed on 90 instead of 100, right? That's the most basic way to understand a deduction. Now there are rules on what is deductible and what's not. Uh, but here's the thing that I like to I like folks to understand. Spending money, especially business owners, right? Spending money just for the sake of getting a tax deduction is Perhaps the most inefficient thing that you can do, because it never comes back to you dollar for dollar. So the deductions we're going to talk about are strategic deductions that are either money you're already spending uh, that now have a that now has a uh, applicable business purpose, or it's a true ROI for your business, meaning it's going to make you more money down the line. Um, Because quite often, as you led with Byron, folks are like, hey, this has business purpose. This has business purpose. I'm going to buy this and buy this and buy this. And then all of a sudden, you're left with an unprofitable business, and you can't figure out why banks don't want to lend to you or why uh, other folks aren't taking the business serious, right? So deductions are – they should be looked at strategically, not just for the sake of it. Uh, You mentioned a couple that are really good. I like that Augusta rule. Uh, It's one that's underutilized but – perhaps quite a few people can take advantage of it. Uh, It's simply a provision that allows you to rent a home that you own to anyone or anything, perhaps a business, as long as the total rental days are 14 or less, uh, you as an individual don't have to recognize that income as taxable income and the business takes it as a legitimate deduction. Um, So what does that look like in practice, right? Depending on what kind of business you have, let's just assume it's a service-based business for all intents and purposes. And you uh, need to use the home for perhaps your strategic planning meeting, a company retreat, or something like that. Instead of going out to rent, we, we work. You rent your own home from your business. This has to be legitimized. It needs a contract. It needs an invoice. Money actually has to pass, and a legitimate business reason has to exist. But that's fourteen days of rental that you don't recognize income on. So let's just assume the the daily rental rate is $500, for example. Uh, Quick math on 500 times uh, 14, let me just get my calculator. That's $7,000 of a deduction, right? That's 7,000 you would have paid to WeWork, but instead of paying it to WeWork, you're paying it to yourself. Legitimate deduction from the business, income to you as an individual, you get the deduction on the business side, don't recognize the income on the individual side. It's a major power play right there that a lot of folks don't take advantage of. Wow.
6: Wow! Can 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 I chime in on Augustus real,
2: real quick? Absolutely,
8: it is a it is a great benefit
6: that the IRS watches quite heavily. So when you take it, there's one thing that you really really need to obviously you need the obvious the documentation and things like that. Have your comps, but they're they're very serious about you taking a deduction for a light kind property. So if the comps in your area are you know five hundred dollars a room. Uh, for a rental rate per day, you need to make sure that your unit, whatever space you have, is comparable to whatever that that comparable is that you're renting for $500 a day. Uh, so they're going to come in and look and make sure that everything you have, they have in that unit, you have at your house, and it also needs to look like what that unit would look like. Uh, they've run into issues where people are renting you know, small rooms and little offices in the house that obviously nobody would rent that amount on an open market. Just think of it that way when you're doing running your numbers through. Thanks.
2: Love that. Love that. Listen, this is good. This is good. Matter of man, this is great. This is absolutely fantastic information. So now let, let's move on. So so now we have we have the Augusta Rule, right? Anybody have any questions on stage about the Augusta Rule? Let's let's get these questions out um i, I, I want to hear your questions on anything on deductions did anything go over your head i want to make sure that we are fully understanding this thing the way that it needs to be understood any questions before we move on okay everybody understood
8: well, I'll point out I'll point out something else because um, I'd imagine there's probably a question or two that someone's afraid to ask. Um, well, if my business is already my main uh, home address, can I use this Augusta rule? A short answer to that is no. You don't want to double dip, right? If you're already using your home as your main place of business and perhaps are already using that uh, home office deduction or something of the like, you don't want to double dip with the uh, Augusta rule because that could lead to some issues, but that's a common one that comes up.
2: So break that
3: down.
6: You also so, don't. You also don't want to do it if you um, if you're using if you're doing short
2: term rental at your house. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. All right. Man, this is good stuff. All right. So so basically, if you're using if you're using that business already, you can't double dip. Is that basically what we what we understand? Because I mean, why would you do that anyway? Is if you are already using it as a business expense? I'm confused. Why would you even
8: to get more money. Folks will try it. (laughs) Folks will try it. They're like, hey, I get the home office deduction. That's a couple thousand. And I get Augusta a couple thousand more. Uh, No, it doesn't work that way. No double dipping. (laughs) Gotcha. So listen, any, everybody in the
2: room, you have the Augusta rule. You have the Augusta rule to be able to get a deduction on your, um, on renting from yourself. You literally can rent from yourself and get a deduction on your taxes as a result if you have a business. So does this work for any type of business? Is that is that pretty much any type of business? I don't
5: have a question when you're done, Barbara.
2: Yeah, let's run that let's run that question. Um, but does this work for any type of business?
8: Yes, as long as it's a, it's a legitimate business, then uh, it could work. But what I'll say, uh, instead of giving an official, you know, broad yes across the board, that's definitely one of those things folks want to take up with their tax advisor to make sure it does work indeed for their type of business, because there may be other uh, items that uh, we're just not aware of, and so it's not a blanket yes for everyone, but um, it's possible.
6: Nice, I love can, it. Can you can you please can you please define what a legitimate business is?
8: Yeah, uh, so let's start here. Not a hobby, right? <laughs> it's, it's a business that you're engaging in for profit. Something that you are intentionally dedicating your time to. You are actively uh, participating in it for with the intent of making money. Um, if it's a um, a hobby and something that you're just doing for fun with no intention of act- ever legitimizing it, then that's not a uh, not a legitimate business. But even that could be subjective too, right? Wow. I love it. I
2: love it. Yeah. Go ahead with
8: that question.
7: All right. This is Keisha. Good morning, everybody. Um, It might be a two part question, but I guess it will depend on the answer to
4: the first one. Um, So many of (laughs) us have our own businesses. Um, Some of us own and some of us like me rent. So would that be applicable for
5: a place that you rent as your primary residence? The
9: deduction?
8: So, uh, Malachi, I'll, I'll uh, look for your expertise on this a bit, too, also. But the way the code reads to me is it has to be a place that you own uh, as your primary residence that you're not using, as you mentioned, for a rental or any other ki- kind of business. Um, but does the code suggest anything different in terms of rent? What do you think?
6: I've, I've actually never gotten that question before, so I'm not
2: sure. Uh,
8: hmm, I'll get back I'm with you later. Cases, yeah, okay. Don't <laughs> All
7: right, Malachi. Thank you.
2: Yeah, I like that question. That was a good question. I like that question. Any other questions on these deductions? Because we 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 finna move. We moving quickly. So I just want to make sure everybody is, uh, you know, on the same page with this real quick.
7: All right, I might ask my second question anyway, for those that do own, but you
5: have a virtual office, because, you know, we've always been taught not to have your home address and your business address the same. Do the addresses have to match for you to take that deduction on a home that you own?
8: So with, with this rule in particular, uh, there are two sides that, you, that you're going to be on. Let's start with you as the um, homeowner receiving the, the income. Uh, yes, that has to be your primary place of residence. And so your home address uh, should be what matches your, uh, um, your tax return unless you use a different mailing address. Now, the other side, um, for the business side, if your business uses a virtual P.O. box, for example, or virtual office space, um, can you then rent your own home? Uh, that's a little bit of a, it depends. And one of those things you want to talk to your tax advisor about from my perspective, a virtual PL box does not constitute your main place of business. It's where you receive your mail. And so I think if challenged, it would be hard. You'd be hard pressed to defend, um, not having your home as your main place of business.
7: Got it. Thank you.
8: Love it. Yeah. I just look, you have to own the home.
7: Okay. Thank you, Malika. So
2: in order to be able to take advantage of the Augusta rule, you need to own the home. So all of the homeowners, right, you need to make sure that you're taking advantage of this Augusta rule, right? Um, You got to be taking advantage of things like that because that literally can save you thousands of dollars on your taxes, right? That you just, you literally just taking it to a, you tell me this, will H&R Block ever tell you about the Augusta rule? Will they ever tell you about something like this? Uh, Malachi, uh, Larry, do, do they do they discuss things like this?
6: No, they don't. And, and that's why I say the number one thing you need to do is get with someone like Larry to go over your entire situation first. Because gonna, you're going to come in and Larry's going to say, hey, do you rent or do you own? And then based on that, he'll go with this strategy and other avenues like that.
2: All right. I I just wanted to make sure I wasn't, you know, listen, you don't get this kind of information um, from your your traditional tax people. So you really anybody in this room right now, listen to me, listen to me. Um, You need to get away from these regular these regular tax people. Get away from those people. Um, because you're leaving money on the table and all of that money that you leaving on the table, you need to be putting that money to work for you, um, to be able to create new money for you. And if you're not doing that, you're, if you're not doing that, then you're, you're, you're listen, these are some easy things you can implement because you don't even have to implement them. You literally just go to the right people that can direct you in the right way and let them do the work. You don't even have to figure this stuff out. So I just want you to understand these, these little bitty things. We talked about the Augusta rule. We're talking about deductions, specifically deductions. This is important, okay? Um, also, we're talking about hiring family, bonus depreciation, all right? Um, can we get a little bit of understanding of what is bonus depreciation? We hear this word tossed around all the time in some of the biggest you know, money rooms, Right. But I want to really see if we could break this thing down for, for, for regular folk like myself to be able to understand, you know, like these big old terms like this and how it can help me. Can I get a little bit of help on that?
8: Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll lead off with that one. And I'm actually going to steal some of Malachi's words here. Uh, depreciation is almost like a gift from the IRS, right? Um, and, and essentially what it is, is you you have an asset, a business asset that you purchase. And instead of taking the full deduction for that asset right away in year one, there are certain rules where you have to spread over the cost of that uh, particular purchase out over a set amount of years. When you think about real estate, that's 27 and a half years. You pay $100,000 for a property, you get to spread that $100,000 cost out over 27 and a half years and take that deduction each year. Uh, the same as if you bought a, um, uh, let's just call it a, uh, a desk for your for your office, as an example. Instead of deducting 5000 a year one, you spread that out over perhaps five or seven years. Um, now, bonus depreciation basically says, hey, if the... Um, class that this particular asset fits in um, hits a five-year, seven-year, 15-year class, then you don't have to spread it out over the useful life. You can take the full deduction right away in year one. And that right there is a game changer. And we'll talk about uh, its expiration here in a moment. But imagine that where you have a a vehicle perhaps that has business use. It's an $80,000 vehicle, right? It's 100% business use. And instead of taking a deduction over five years, you can take the whole $80,000 in year one. That's essentially what bonus depreciation does for you. Uh, and again, there are rules. Absolutely, absolutely. And there are rules and how you do this and how you do it appropriately and how you document it. But that's a, a major power play for tax saving opportunities. Real money not flowing out of the door but staying in your bank account and you get the tax deduction for it as well.
6: Wow. Wow! It's also also a game changer for your financing opportunities. So right now with the 100% bonus depreciation, no one should be expensing anything that they can technically depreciate. When you go into a bank to get a loan or obtain financing, they look at your debt to income ratio and expenses count against you, but depreciation, they add that money back to your income total. So if you have if you have anything that you could say you depreciated versus expense, when you go into a bank for financing, it's going to look like income to them. So it's going to help you out a lot.
2: Man. Wow. OK, so. So, OK, I, I want to break this down because I want everybody to fully understand what we just what what just happened. I hit the horn for a specific reason. OK, the horn does not go off unless something is something great has happened as a result period. Okay. So, so here's the deal. Here's the deal. So you mean to tell me, you mean to tell me that I'm going to deduct, I'm going to go and purchase a vehicle. Okay. For the business, for business purposes or property for business purposes. And I am going to depreciate, I'm going to depreciate um, all of that off my taxes. Right. But it's not going to look like a business expense or like, how, how, how does that, I, I'm, I'm trying to get a better understanding of this Malachi. How, can, help me understand this piece.
6: So it looks like an expense. It's an expense. The bottom line number, you're still going to walk away with the same amount of money, bottom line. But when you go into a bank, the bank is going to, you're going to show the bank your tax return, your business tax return. And so let's just say, for example, your business makes a hundred dollars, right? Uh, you spent, 20 dollars on a car and you spent thirty dollars on furniture you know for your Airbnb business or whatever so that means you spent fifty dollars well you really only spent 30 right because uh, the 20 that you spent you might have taken a loan for that car and spent nothing but you get to act like you spent 20 you know for the whole thing so let's just say you made a hundred now it looks like you only made 50 for the year. Typically a bank would say, Okay, you only made fifty dollars. So we're gonna lend to you based on you having fifty dollars of income. But if you put that those those items in the depreciation line item instead of the expense line item, then the bank is gonna say, Okay, we're gonna add that fifty back and we're gonna lend to you as if you made a hundred dollars versus you making fifty dollars, just based on you having it in the depreciation line item instead of the Expense line item. So anything that you can depreciate, you should try to depreciate. So just put it in the right
3: category. You
8: know, I like to just put a cherry on top and point out uh, the reason Malachi emphasizes so much in terms of working with professionals who understand this world is because one, they can advise on strategically does it make sense to expense this asset? Or capitalize it and put it on the balance sheet because there's a difference depending on the goals you're trying to achieve. Instead of thinking everything is, is simply just a, a PL write off, so small technicalities like that can change the entire trajectory of your strategy and plan.
2: Anybody misunderstood that, or or need some further clarification on that? Because that was that was so powerful. I just want you to understand that. Listen, if you're not listening in on rooms like this. You're missing out. You you you're, you're behind the curve, right? And you will never be able to catch up. You will never be able to catch up when people are being able to utilize strategies like this. You understand what I'm saying? And you're sitting up here just trying to figure it out and, 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 and make ends meet. You you will never you will never play catch up. You understand what I'm saying? And this is the reason why people get angry when they hear about somebody like, you know, the Jeff Bezos of the world and all of these people not paying taxes, right? As a result of a lot of these, because they exercising a lot of these strategies and you're not even, you're not even, you, you don't even know this stuff is going on. We just gave you two strategies, two deduction strategies right now that are literally game changing and life changing for you. Literally. To, to, to quote
6: the late, nino brown don't get mad tito it's the law find somebody like larry have him go through your specific situation and see what laws are applicable to you and you can have all the same savings that all these billionaires have the code is written the same for everybody you just got to be aware of it and be able to apply the code and the law to whatever specific situation you have
2: so fact it's an absolute fact but listen, man, we are at the top of the hour, man, <laughs> and we still got a whole lot to cover, man. We still, we still haven't went through all of the d- deductions. We haven't went to tax credits. Okay, this is another amazing piece that we're gonna be covering. Okay, um, we also haven't talked about like you know tax advisors, how to find somebody like a Larry in your area. Okay. Um, or to even find a Larry like like just just working with him, any, any, just, just in general. Um, but we're gonna be talking about all of those specific things because a lot of times we have been locked out of getting access to people that can make you know um that can do high level things like this. Okay, so now you have access. Okay, you have been um uh, awarded this opportunity. Don't drop the ball. Don't drop the ball. That's all I'm saying. Don't drop the ball. But uh, listen, man, we're at the top of the hour. You're listening to one of the greatest shows on Clubhouse, in my opinion. In my opinion, um, on Clubhouse. And um, Ashley, how you, how you? You feeling all right right now?
4: Hey y'all I'm feeling pretty good How are you?
2: Did you get your pen And your paper uh, Situated right now? What's your notes Looking like right now? That's what I'm trying To understand (laughs)
4: Listen All I'm saying is Larry and Malachi With his English degree They both I
3: love
4: that I love you Huh?
2: Drop bombs
4: (laughs) They both drop bombs And listen Uh, The replays are your friends, you all. So I know some of you all are just now tapping in. Hey, y'all, we see you. The replays are your friends. The replays are there for a reason. Make sure if you're missing anything in today's segment that you go back and listen to the replay and or tap into the No Stingy Energy podcast and you will hear the episode there too. There's no reason, no excuse For not getting this information uh, Brought to you by these two gentlemen today So thanks so much for the questions The questions have been good too
2: Yes indeed Yes indeed Because this is one of those ones where you really gotta dive deep Ashley, you gotta get an understanding today Because I don't want Because here's the deal, right? What I get sick of is that we are understanding this thing wrong Because I hear these things Oh, they're just going to write it off They're just going to write it off It don't work like that, man it don't, you know, it don't work like that all the way You know, and then I hear um, Just, you know, we, we we playing the game backwards, man We playing the game backwards And it is it is, a, it is a forward and correct way to play the game And I just want us to be doing that That's it you understand what I'm saying? Myself included. You know what I mean? Because I'm learning today and I want everybody else to kind of be privy to this high level information. Because I know that these are the kind of conversations that are happening with the folk who are moving, you know, um, in big ways. And, and there ain't no reason why we shouldn't be moving similarly. So that's, that's what it is. Absolutely.
4: And you don't know what you don't know. And Facts. that's why conversations like these are so important because if you're not in the rooms every day where conversations like these are taking place then you want to tap into this room and then you want to take action on what you hear in here and then also contact your professionals I know anytime I hear information I am quick to call my personal people I have a financial planner I have my godfather who who retired from Merrill Lynch I have my personal tax professional. Have your team that you can contact. You heard Byron say he has someone local in Houston as well. He's also going to utilize Larry's services. Listen, you all, these rooms take place for a reason. Go back to your personal professionals if you have them. If you don't, research and identify who can be on your personal team. And then make sure you're reaching out to service providers like Larry and and experts like Malachi so that you can get the support that you need to make the best decisions that are going to propel you for success it's all about the next level Bob. it's all about the next level whatever that looks like for you it's all about the next level absolutely so i have part two of the blb news this morning hey y'all i'm dr ashley b wilkerson here with business over breakfast club if you haven't already hit the house at the top of the screen make sure you are a member now the Shares have been a little slow today. It's okay. It's okay. I know you were busy taking notes during the session. That's cool. Well, we're in the break time right now. We're in the intermission. So let's go ahead and get those shares up. Hit that arrow at the bottom of your screen and share on Clubhouse. And while you're at it, go ahead and invite some people into the space. All right. Do me a favor and put a number one in the chat if you've learned at least one thing. If you learned at least one thing in in the room today, put a number one in the chat. I also want to shout out Valerie Robinson who shared this room on Twitter. We see you along with Sean Jackson Hughes who shared this room on Twitter. Thank you so much. Asia Kitty shared this room on Facebook. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for helping us as well. We appreciate you doing so. Now, in the news, uh, we have an elected official, Rhode Island Senator Tiara Mack. Uh, she did a risky video on TikTok twerking backwards oh upside my God. in a bikini encouraging people to vote.
2: Hold on. So, wait a minute. You said the senator did a uh- a backwards twerk situation. What, what's going on with this?
4: <laughs> Your response,
7: though, Bart, I can't with you. I can't.
2: I'm, tra- I'm, I'm just the- trying to get a visual. I'm trying to get. I'm, I'm sorry, not a visual. <laughs> a better understanding. I'm trying to get a better understanding. So the so the senator, the senator decided what was going to go on.
4: <laughs> Rhode Island Senator Tierra Matt She was in a video. On her head, upside down, legs in the air.
2: On the head, upside down, heads, okay, backward, okay. On the
3: handstand.
4: With a bikini bikini, on, on a handstand. Mm. Twerking in a video on TikTok. She got kids. Encouraging people to vote. I am not sure if she has children or not. I'm I'm not sure. I can definitely uh, research that. But she is... Uh, the first openly LGBTQ black person elected Mm. to the Rhode Island Senate and this video was created and developed to encourage people to vote
2: Ashley what you think your kids would do if they seen you upside down on the handstand in a bikini twerking backwards
4: yeah my kids would not see me
2: they would never see you they would never see you upside Uh, down they They would never see they would never get that opportunity
4: they would not get that opportunity
2: Mm -hmm. gotcha and i like to see what it was it was the keyword never it was the keyword never that that out for me underscore gotcha gotcha gotcha
4: That's the operative word okay. in that sentence. Okay. Yeah, never.
2: Yeah. Never is the yeah. word. Gotcha. They
4: say never say never, but let's be clear. Never.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, what I wanna understand, did anybody get any high any higher level of encouragement as a result? Did did it work out? Or did it just get her insta famous?
4: Alicia's tapping. Alicia, you vote? What are you doing, Alicia?
10: <laughs> she got some votes. She definitely got
3: some votes. I, she okay, got some
10: votes. She definitely got, she got
2: some votes. Alvin says she got some votes. Okay. She got, All right. she got some votes. Okay. All right.
4: All right. I mean, now they. Go ahead. Who was that? I heard a voice. Al said she got some vo- votes. Alicia, was that you? They're also saying that she is pushing a sex ed bill to teach sixth through 12th grade students how to masturbate by adding comprehensive pleasure-based sex to school curriculum
2: gotcha wow this just keeps getting better i mean so we want to okay all right so we want to twerk right we want to teach the kids to twerk on the handstand backwards and then we want to teach them how to masturbate properly First of all What kid gonna show up To that class That's, that's what I wanna understand Like who gonna Who gonna be the, Who gonna be the 13, 14, 12 year old That's gonna be like You know what Let me go in here And make sure that I'm doing this properly
4: Look at Amy <laughs> I'm
5: supervising
7: I am Don't cracking cry. up Over here <laughs> 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 Especially cause
5: that, that
2: kid Walking down the hall Like you know what I need oh to make sure God. I get to my Masturbation class This is important
7: they would never go to a class.
2: They look at porn <laughs> secretly. This is a private a experience. <laughs> 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 oh my god! Ah, oh. <sighs> matter of fact, anybody on the stage right now understand what's going on? Like, like what? What's y'all thoughts? I got to get some other thoughts. I don't want to monopolize. He's working this.
5: for votes, and I'm here for
2: it. You hear? Okay, got you. I got you. So you, so you, you here for the, for the for the for the backwards twerk situation, uh Alicia?
5: I mean, if you're gonna do it, you might as well do it upside down and throw it in a circle. I'm just saying. <laughs> it. Upside down and in a circle.
4: I'm not doing this with you all. <laughs> Make sure they I'm can not. see it clearly. <laughs> I'm not doing this. Okay, listen, for those of you who are just now entering the room, hey, y'all, I see you're like, what's going on? We are in the second portion of the news for the B.O.B. Morning Show. We're going to get back to the topic in just a moment, best tax saving secrets before 2023. Um, They got into the latest report of the news. So I'm going to keep this conversation going with the next thing, which is you know, there's an outcry right now of fans because apparently Wendy Williams all of her episodes have since been deleted from YouTube channel. Oh shit. Oh shit. Oh,
3: shit.
4: They Why are saying that? that they are trying to erase her legacy. You know her show uh, aired its last episode without her present. And now all of her episodes have also uh, been deleted from YouTube as well.
2: Why are they trying to get rid of, all, all, you know, why are they trying to get rid of that lady like that?
4: I don't know. Especially since, um, especially the YouTube, like, because, you know, YouTube, it documents everything, right? It has all, like, old episodes of
11: yeah. all of these. You I don't understand
4: why yeah, I don't understand why remove it completely from YouTube as well. Um, but that recently happened, so.
2: Mm. What, did she do something? Like, she pissed somebody off? I mean, I'm trying to understand what's going on. Like,
4: Well, you know, there's been an ongoing battle of her accusing people of misusing her health status to, um, you know, try to argue that she isn't in her right mind, that she's not able to make good decisions that they were trying to take over her accounts and have access to all of her money and you know all of these things have been going on for months now
3: Mm.
2: well um i think that's sad i think you know history needs to just remain history i'm I'm one of them big you know i'm big on just letting history be history man um i don't like silence in history I i don't believe in that Let that that woman uh, keep her YouTube Videos up man
4: Yeah they completely deleted it Now a couple of months ago I reported To you all about protesters Gluing themselves To a, a Counter in Starbucks well now Protesters have glued Themselves in an art gallery In Britain This is an attempt to Just stop oil it's a disruptive protest by environmentalist group uh and so they glued themselves to a famous landscape painting the hayway
3: in mm. britain
2: it's official people crazy as hell uh i'm, I'm <laughs> going with that i'm going with that i'm going people crazy as hell ashley i'm telling you man people man listen so they glue themselves i wonder do they glue themselves I you know, I'm not why am I trying to why am I trying to dissect how somebody's gluing themselves to the counter?
4: I don't know. I I don't know why you would glue yourself to the counter. I you know what, but you know what? What I do love is that people are speaking to their convictions. You know, it's a pretty powerful thing to stand up for what you believe in so much so. You know what I mean? Like Yeah, 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 yeah. Like they believe so deeply in it. That They're standing up in that yeah. way
2: mm-hmm. I guess I guess if you don't stand for, for Something you're going to fall for anything fall. That the way?
4: That's the quote That's okay. the quote Listen the last thing I'll share is federal judge Overturns Trump administration's 2019 move to gut the landmark Endangered Species Act Restoring protections for Hundreds of species This move is a win For environmental and uh, conspiracy conservation groups and climate advocates uh so that has now been overturned
2: Mm. well you know i just don't want to mess with that uh that 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 bonus depreciation situation anybody messing with that anytime soon
11: uh (laughs) larry (laughs) (laughs)
8: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's uh, it's scheduled to uh, start to become a little less powerful, right? This year is the last year where it will be a hundred percent. Next year, it's going to revert down to eighty percent, sixty the year after that, all the way until we get to twenty percent in twenty twenty six. And so, um, it's still powerful; it's still there, but it'll be a little less powerful in future years.
2: Well, that sucks. That sucks, man. Um, you know,
6: hey, hey, hey Byron, uh huh. Uh, also, just just noting that there are some people I know that as far as depreciation goes, have never taken their depreciation on their rental property. So if you have rental properties and you have never taken depreciation, you need to get with the great accountant and go back and get all the depreciation that you missed because the government is going to act like you took it anyway.
3: Mm.
2: Wow. So you could go back and get that if you ain't got it.
6: If you haven't gotten it, if you've never taken it, you need to go back and do an adjustment to take all of it that you missed.
11: So, what that conversation look like? Which, what that conversation look like with your CPA? How you bring that? Up? Like, what you say? Could you go back? Hey man, my- I ne-
6: hey, hey! I never, I never took depreciation, or I've owned this house for ten years, and I only took depreciation two of these years. Go do a form eighty eighty two adjustment to get all of my back depreciation. Ooh,
11: like that eighty uh, yeah, so eighty two form.
6: Yes, eighty eighty two adjustment to get all the depreciation. They they have to basically do it for you, but they should know all the specifics for that. Is that
11: the twenty seven and a half percent depreciation, or are you talking about a different type of depreciation?
6: That's for the the twenty seven and a half or okay. thirty nine year depreciation on commercial, if it's commercial. property. Okay, yeah, okay. gotcha. Basically, That's if you own okay. real estate, the government's gonna make you take depreciation every year so when you sell your property even if you never took the depreciation they have depreciation recapture and they're gonna make it seem like you took it anyway and tax you back on it so you might as well go take it
11: and that's how uh, um you can not pay tax on the cash flow that you make correct correct yeah i don't think a lot of people understand that if hey, it's pastor Jeff, I got a question. Jump in. So, for our 100% disabled veterans who also have businesses who are also investors, what additional tax breaks might they receive? This is pastor Jeff, looking out for 100% disabled vets.
8: Uh, you know, that's a that's a good question. I I don't know for specifically for disabled vets offhand. Uh besides I, I know a portion of uh, perhaps some of the uh benefits that they receive are tax free. Uh but in terms of specific tax credits, I'm not aware of any that are specific for disabled vets, but that's also a a, a very good reason to connect with uh tax professionals, CPAs, EAs that may specialize in that area because they know they'd be able to run that down top to bottom.
2: So it sounds like the key is getting access to the tax professionals who are experts uh, in your spe- in your specific need case. Is that what I'm kind
8: of understanding? Amen. Yep. Yeah, without question. Absolutely.
2: So it's, it's 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 a tax professional specifically that can probably help uh, Pastor Jeff or any disabled veteran specifically with their specific things. Is that is
8: that what I'm understanding? Yep. Yeah, without question. I and mean, we talk about it all the time, right? Niches. Uh, and, and there are those of us in this space that niche down specifically in areas. And there are some CPAs and EAs who niche down specifically with uh, with veterans, disabled veterans, uh, or perhaps even minority-owned businesses that can provide very key insight on what they're eligible for and guide them through that process.
2: So, okay. All right. So, So I want to make sure everybody kind of understand that, listen, and you're not gonna find these kind of people, and we're gonna go over where do you find these types of people um, a little bit later. Um, but I really just kind of want people to understand that. Listen, you're not gonna find these people at your H&R block. You're not gonna find these people um, at in these like basic little tax offices that you see um, riding down the street. Is that correct, uh, Larry? Yep, yeah,
8: yep, yeah, that's correct. Uh, you really want to tap your network, or even just do research and find folks that know your space um, having a generalist may be okay initially but as you grow into whatever area that is you want an advisor or advisors that know your thing folks that know real estate folks that know uh crypto folks that know your particular service-based business because they can give you the insight that other folks are just going to miss
11: absolutely it costs more but it'll save you more i gotta think about that too mm-hmm. and doesn't really, does really cost more a lot of people yes yeah, it does but, cost more because that's their full time job. People like H and R Block only work for like two, three months. It costs more, Byron. Believe me, it costs, it costs more, more, but
8: they more, save you way you more because they know them. more.
11: But they they save you more. Mm.
8: Yeah, that's I mean, what I mean, You think uh, about it you you don't you don't want the you don't want the 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 knee surgeon performing your heart surgery the same way you don't want the heart surgeon performing your knee surgery. And so the specialist is someone that's going to be very precise about what you got. Uh, And so there may be a bit of a premium you pay, but imagine what it's going to cost to have somebody undo it and do it the right way. Absolutely,
2: and that's what I meant overall. I'm talking about the net positive. The net positive is—is it really more? You know what I'm saying? No, no, it's not. No, it's not. But but I
6: got—I got one small disagreement. I think you need that specialist from day one because you want to be set up properly from day one. Because the way you initially set up is going to cost you a lot more money to go back and change. And set up another way, so I would get the specialist they one.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so let's let's go back to these deductions, right? We talked about the Augusta Rule. We talked about uh, bonus uh, depreciations, right? And I hope everybody understood that bonus depreciation. Oh, it's been going crazy! Shout out to my guy O in the building. Man. My guy, my guy, house bond Brian is in the building, man. So I definitely want to get some questions from you guys. As well on this, but we've talked about the Augusta rule, bonus depreciation. Um, there's other deductions that I, I wanna tap in on so people can kind of understand how these things work in real life. I hear a lot of people talking about these things. But they don't break these things down. And I think because, people they don't break these things down in a simple way, in a practical way. A lot of people don't use or take advantage of these opportunities because they think that it may be too complicated. Or they think that, you know what, no, nah, it ain't even worth trying because I don't want to mess around and get myself in trouble, get myself caught up. Let me leave that shit alone for right now. And I'll worry about that later. You know what I'm saying? So I just want I want people to understand it on that basic level so they can start taking action on some of this stuff. Today, this year, okay Um, So when we're talking about deductions Back to deductions um, It's other deductions like hiring your family, right Um, The accountable plan, right Retirement planning That you can also take advantage of That people may not be uh, privy to that information as well Can we we get a little bit of insight On how any of those things work In no specific order I just want to get an understanding on these things If you don't mind
8: Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll tap in and uh, I'll, I'll start with with hiring family because that's, uh, again, another great strategy, perhaps underutilized uh, or, in fact, sometimes when it is utilized, not done appropriately. Uh, so here here's the deal. Uh, and one of the things you want to think about. We started the conversation talking about deductions just for the sake of deductions and how um, essentially we, we, we don't want to spend money just for the sake of doing so. So when you look at hiring family, quite often this leads to uh, the question of hiring children. We all support our children in different ways, right? Uh, and, and fees that we're paying as, as parents uh, or caregivers and what have you. Old enough and they can actually perform legitimate services for your business. Um, would it not hire them and start to put them on payroll through the company? And that way you get a tax deduction for the money that goes to them. Uh, and then however they spend that money is how they spend that money. Perhaps they're paying for their own uh, um, uh, activity fees or, or different things like that, right? So if, if you follow that conversation, you kind of see where I'm going. But the point here is you got to legitimize it. You don't just go out and hire your three-year-old and say, hey, I'm going to pay you for filing. The same way you would put together a package for a true employee is exactly how you would do so for family and or kids that you're hiring. So you want a legitimate job description. You want to have them with a uh, specific uh, pay per hour or salary, uh, perhaps. You want to make sure they're on the W-2 payroll, not uh, you know, we typically don't want to see child children as contractors. Uh, there may be certain use cases for doing so, but for the majority, they should be on W-2 payroll uh, because they often can't uh, um, do things for themselves the way contractors uh, could. And then you want to make sure their funds are directed to an account that's theirs, not to parents' account. Uh, even if it's a custodial account, their name should be on that account where the payment goes. Uh, so there's a, a process that you go through for doing so. But the point is, you could pay your kiddo uh, up to 12, 12,950 before they have to pay a dime in federal income tax. Now, there may be certain state tax implications that are uh, different, or the threshold is lower. But imagine that. $12,950, uh, potentially, that could be a tax deduction, that money is then paid to your child, and those that money can then be used for whatever purpose that uh, uh, you deem appropriate, whether that's them rolling that into an IRA, them paying for their own activity fees, and different things like that. So definitely an underutilized strategy, but one that has to be executed appropriately uh, and make sure T's are crossed and I's are dotted.
2: Wow. So okay, so because here's the thing, man. We are paying these damn kids anyway. These kids getting paid anyway. You understand what I'm saying? So so why wouldn't you? They
4: definitely t- getting paid. They get anybody. paid, Let's man. They get these paid, kids are expensive. expensive. <laughs>
2: Let's talk <laughs> Can about make it. A question
5: about that, too, Byron. <laughs>
4: yeah, absolutely.
2: Talk about Jump how in.
5: How they are? Go ahead. <laughs> so my question for Larry is: Is there an age limit on that? Would a 23 year old still qualify for that?
8: Yeah, great question. So, um, there, there's no specific age limit that's deemed by the IRS. I, I believe that we'll defer to your state and make sure that you're not violating any state or local labor laws. Uh, for example, here in Texas, I believe we can go as young as seven, uh, in terms of hiring our kiddos. Um, shout out to the farm laws that allow us to do so. Uh, in other states, that may be, uh, that that may be a bit different, that the age limit may be higher. And so you want to check with your state to make sure you can hire them at the appropriate age, and then also paying the appropriate state and local tax, whether that's unemployment insurance and what have you. In terms of how old they can be, uh, they can be, you know, 16, 26, 36, 106. Um, If you're supporting them in any way and there's a legitimate business, uh, there's a legitimate service they could provide for the business, you could put them on payroll and anybody, doesn't matter if they're zero or again, uh, you know, infinity years old, can earn up to $12,950 before they pay one dime in federal income tax. Again, state tax is different.
9: Wow. I got a question for Larry. Yeah, um, jump in. So, so Larry, here's here's a thought that I had. One thing I wanted to do with my son was we wanted to create um, a, not a YouTube channel. What I'm, I'm building a YouTube channel now, right? So the idea was to do something where we encourage kids. Um, and my son, you know, he loves to talk and kind of like me. So one thing we wanted to do was to do a recording every um, at least one or two recordings a month. And post it on YouTube as part of my business. So how would I go about setting that up on the back end? I mean, is it, does my son fill out something that's like a normal W-2? We fill that out for him. Like, what's the actual process to get it going? Is there something that I can do? And once I meet my tax uh, tax advisor or tax strategist, we then say, okay, they fill this out. They've been under the business for a year. Like, what are the specific things that I need to do? To, to maximize that opportunity, because we're about to start that, like, we've literally built out a home studio here, and, and now we're going to re- do some recordings. So I wanted to know, because that's one way I want to bring him into the business I, uh, in terms of, like, being productive so that if somebody says, hey, what has your son actually done, you know, in the business, that there's physical
8: and tangible, uh, you know, proof that he's actually doing something. Yeah, great question. I think step one is to meet with your uh, strategist or advisor first, uh, because they're going to know specific things about your situation that we just aren't privy to. uh, And they'll be able to give you a more involved step by step and play by play on what you need to do. Uh, But broadly speaking here, um, you want to write up a job description the same way as if you were going to hire someone else to perform that exact function. And it has to be uh, a list of things that are commiserate with their age, right? Um, you know, Typically, you aren't going to have a, a two-year-old doing XYZ, but perhaps a 12-year-old could. So make sure the skill set aligns with their actual capabilities and assign an appropriate and reasonable wage for doing so. We don't know whether that's $8 an hour, $15 an hour or such, but you want to make sure that it's uh, compatible with what the market would bear for someone performing that particular task and then documentation is key days that are just like you would hire any other employee, right? Days that are worked, hours that are worked, time cards, make sure it's processed via uh, W-2 and everything uh, flows accordingly. But broadly speaking, those are some of the steps you want to follow. But I think it's important to meet with your advisor first before you execute, because they'll be able to give you specific play-by-play.
2: And this would be considered a deduction. Is that correct?
8: Uh, this, this could be considered a deduction to the business um, and then when the income flows to the child, again, staying below those thresholds that we met, uh, mentioned, they wouldn't pay taxes until such time that they exceed uh, that $12,950. That also includes other income they may be earning. For, so for your teenagers who also have a, you know, perhaps a side job at Culver's and they're also doing work for your business, you got to take that full thing into consideration.
2: Man, this is so good. (laughs) Can I I chime in on this one real quick? Yeah, jump in. So good,
4: Byron.
6: Yeah, so the the key word, there are really two key things with this, uh, because this is also a a big audit area for the IRS. So the key key word is reasonable. That's really the key word for the tax code in general, reasonable and the amount of hours worked. So this is how the IRS is going to look at this if you get examined. They consider children, if you think about it, children go to school, you know, from like 8 o'clock to 3 o'clock. If they're in aftercare programs, that might be another hour or two hours while you're at work. They have after care activities, you know, they play sports, they play soccer, piano, whatever, whatever, whatever. So essentially, a child has a 40-hour a week job in the eyes of the IRS. So when you're documenting the work that they have to do, you have to take into consideration the IRS is gonna say, okay, you're saying your child is working ten to fifteen hours a week. Are you telling us you're six, seven, eight, nine-year-old? is churning out 55 hours a week on average, that's the reasonable question you're going to have to answer. As far as what you pay them, you're going to need third-party comparables uh, to kind of prove that they're worth the amount of money that you say that they're worth. It can't be based on what you deem your child to be worth internally. It has to be what would another child get on an open market for this. Like if you say my child is a brand strategist or something like that, but they don't have a SAM card, they've never worked, for anybody else before, how are you justifying paying them a raise higher than what a trained actual agent kid or something like that would make on the open market? So those are the type of
10: comparables that you need. Hey, your buyers, Mr. Banks, I want to jump in on this.
2: Shout out to my guy, Mr. Banks, in the building. What's going on, Mr. Banks? What's good, everybody? What's
10: going on, Byron, man? I love the topic, man. It's just got my blood, blood juiced up this morning. Yeah. I love it, man. So I just wanted to say something that, that, that the gentleman uh, Larry was saying, and I want to emphasize this part. Y'all, this is not no D-Y-I situation. This is not no I'm finna get up and I'm going to pay my child $12,900 and I'm just going to do it all by myself no you need a professional because the laws change rapidly and it's not just it's not easy plug and play and if you mess up it could cost you more money than you was trying to save in the first place so I love it I love the topic but I uh, appreciate y'all man
4: absolutely that too and i want um larry and malachi to underscore this because sometimes um when you're talking about paying your thank you mr banks too for saying that sometimes when you're talking about paying uh your children some people think oh i can wait until the end of tax season and just pay it in one lump sum it's recommended that you pay that gradually like you would actual payroll right larry or malachi
8: Absolutely. You want to treat them like a legitimate employee uh, because there's no employee out there, or perhaps we, we assume there's no employee out there who would work all year and wait until December to get their paycheck. Uh, that just doesn't look um, uh, reasonable and legitimate. So uh, you want to treat them just like a regular employee and pay them on schedule the same way you would anyone else.
4: And I just wanted to put that in there because going to Mr. Banks point, you know, if you're trying to DIY it, you all, if you're trying to say, oh, I heard this on Clubhouse, let me just go ahead and throw them some money really quickly to their account, you know, you could potentially get yourself in trouble if you're not structuring it with your professional. And I, I, I underscored this earlier, getting your team together or at least hiring one person to start your team off with so that you can have the sound um, structure and advice from a professional as you're implementing these strategies. So I just want to tap that in there, Byron.
6: Yeah, I, 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 just, want, I just want to note real quick, um, if you, you have an LLC, your business L- is an LLC, You actually don't need a W-2 to pay your employee because there's no salary. So you need all the other stuff, but you don't have to run through
3: a
11: W-2. Speaking of, this is Pastor Jeff, speaking of getting in trouble, Mr. Larry, would you speak to the notion of mindset that the IRS police are out there waiting for you to make one slip up so they can throw you in jail? I think it's important that we change our mindset to know that the IRS... The most part, we'll work with you, it's Pastor Jeff. How about it, Larry?
8: No, I, I love that because so many clients come to us that are deathly afraid of the IRS because they believe they will take everything from them. Uh, and here's the reality of, of the situation. One, as long as you're doing everything above board and legitimate and you're not com- committing uh, tax fraud, uh, there, there, there's not a chance that you're or excuse me, there's a low chance that you're actually going to go to jail. Uh, but he, he, here's the other side of it, too. Um, as long as you meet the standards for taking reasonable deductions uh, and you document it appropriately, right? That means it has business use and and application. It's ordinary, necessary. Um, Again, we talk about documentation and it's reasonable. Then those deductions can be uh, justified, which is why it's important that you work with a tax advisor. Don't be afraid to take deductions that are actually due to you uh for the sake of not being audited now being audited is no fun but if you got the proper documentation and your professionals are guiding you along the way it should be something that you can make it through relatively unscathed it's when you don't have documentation you don't have legitimate business purpose there's no ordinary or necessary reason for you taking the deduction that you actually got to worry hey
6: yo yeah jump in I
10: want yeah, one so back. oh go, go ahead,
6: ahead. Sorry. Mm-hmm. yeah, so so I just want to make sure everyone understands you, it's best to get a professional to do this stuff for you, but you need to understand the reasoning behind the deductions that they're taking for you because you sign that tax return at the end of the day and you're liable for everything that they do. so if someone comes to you with a certain strategy, two things you want to ask them for you want to ask for the code to see where that strategy is, and you want to ask and see. Uh, I'm sorry three questions Have you defended this before the IRS before Like do you know that this is going to work This ain't just no test drive That's number one Number two is going to be the code section that they rely on To take that deduction for you The third thing is going to be case law That they rely on to take that deduction See if your tax preparer Has all of those three things ready If they don't
2: question flag Don't be test driving on my damn taxes Is that what we understanding Facts Correct. <laughs> don't don't be test driving on me, man. Test drive on somebody else. Bring the bring the, the 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 documented proof that you can test drive this thing back to me. You know what I'm saying? Is that what you're saying, Malachi?
6: Don't if they haven't uh argued that before the IRS before, that's completely okay. You just want to make sure that they can show you the code where where they're relying on to take that strategy and also uh, the case law because at the end of the day Everything the IRS does goes back to the court system, to case law. So you want to make sure they know those two things. And and most importantly, you want to know, hey, if something goes wrong um, and we get popped, what happens then? Are you going to represent me? Uh, Are you going to pay the penalties and interest on my behalf? Because you shouldn't be liable to pay those if they messed up. You know what I'm saying? So you Mm -hmm. want to make sure that they have some insurance in place or something like that to, to, to pay for that. If, they, if they're not going to take care of it themselves or represent you before. Typically, people don't go document that no contract, but that's something you want to talk to your tax preparer about this. Just get a heads up on like, hey, this is all like I can drive on the freeway in speed if ain't no cops looking. But if we get caught, you know what? What happens then?
2: clear on that oh so tell me this then. let's talk about that (laughs) so uh uh, larry do you have a mechanism in place where you have insurance and you could defend you know some of these strategies like what do you have in place for stuff like that because i i didn't even know that you know that that tax professionals have insurance and stuff like that in place for stuff like that is this a thing
8: yeah Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, All tax professionals that you work with should have some form of E&O, we call it errors and emissions uh, insurance, that covers different things like this. Um, And then the other side of that too is, especially when we get into the advanced planning and advanced strategies, uh, one of the things we do is we do uh, provide audit support, meaning we're going to defend whatever strategy we suggested top to bottom. Now, if it's something that we didn't suggest that you did a couple of years ago, uh, nothing to do with us, we we defer to the previous prepare on something like that. But anything, we put in place, we will support top to bottom. We also provide a code section, as Malachi was alluding to, uh, and any of the um, uh, service providers that we work with, especially when we get into cost segs, R&D studies, um, some of the other strategies that we do, those service providers will also provide audit support, or we don't work with them either, because if they're not willing to defend this thing uh, in the event of an audit, how strong or how legitimate is what they're suggesting? And if it doesn't meet that standard, we just can't touch it.
6: Amen.
3: That's that's the most important.
6: That's the most important thing. I mean, you want to let the professional do what they do, but you're still signing the return. You still want to have a general idea of what's going on, you know. Uh, Larry, do you want to um, tell them about the the other side of taking that uh, of paying your kids as far as the income and the IRAs go?
8: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So the, uh, the, the, I guess we'll call it the power play when you talk about paying your kids. So we, we already just discussed, you know, the, the max or or I shouldn't call it the max, but you know, the twelve nine fifty, the standard deduction uh, where, where they don't pay any uh, federal income tax. So here, here's the cherry on top. If, if your kid then direct, because now they have, have what's called earned income. They got a job, they earn that money. They can now open up an IRA, whether that's traditional or a Roth they can now contribute up to $6,000 into that IRA. So when you think about it, you've just taken a tax deduction for paying them legitimately. So you don't pay taxes on that money. They're below the threshold that we talked about. So they don't pay taxes on that money. If some of those proceeds are then rolled into an IRA, that grows tax-free and will come out tax-free, assuming it's a Roth, unless it's it's traditional, that's different, but then it comes out tax-free. So essentially... That's a powerful wealth strategy deduction for you as the, as the parent that's in a high bracket. No income for the kid that's in a lower bracket. It grows tax free, and once they hit retirement age, they can then take that money out without tax implications. I mean, we could talk. That could potentially be a million dollar strategy right there, with no tax. It, it is a oh, million dollars.
6: Six thousand <laughs> invested today. If your kid's six, six thousand dollars invested today will <laughs> be a million dollars by the time they hit retirement, and and the and the money. In that account, uh, you can take it out for them to go to college without paying any taxes on it. Uh, they can use it to get a home without paying any taxes on it. You can leverage it as well. And then, of course, when they retire, it's tax-free. Uh, listen, man,
2: I just hope everybody is taking notes right now. Make, man, share the room. You know what we done.
12: Can you do that again, Byron? Yeah. I mean, come on, man. I mean, room, man. Share the room,
2: man. Share the room.
12: Where's your rewind button,
4: Byron? Where's your rewind button? You need to rewind <laughs> that oh back. Right. Okay. 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 in effect. We need to rewind that back so we can make sure everyone has this down, Larry and Malachi, especially those of us with these expensive kids. and we in the building?
2: <laughs> <laughs> they expensive regardless, <laughs> Ashley, what? is what right. I'm saying. <laughs> but before ahead, we even get that
11: can we get even at least, more when they grown
2: yeah can we at least get 120 <laughs> shares can we get at least 120 shares before we even Good rewind that information people. please
4: before we, before we tap back into the value in the gym let's remove the
2: energy yes <laughs>
4: Four more people. Where are you? Let me, let me see who I need to call out. Let me, let me call out some people really quickly. Mr. Banks, Angel. Okay. All right. We, okay. All right. You didn't want me to go there. Okay. I want to go there. <laughs> all right. So let's rewind that back, Larry and Malachi. Give that play one more time for people who may have gaps in their notes right now. Yeah. Make sure.
2: Yeah. do fill up that second page, man. Yes yeah, yeah, they share
4: it on Facebook, Twitter, all the things. I love to see it. Tap back in, Larry.
8: Yes hot. indeed. So so when you when you have um your kiddo on payroll and you're you're paying them legitimately, they now have earned income, which is the key to being able to contribute to an IRA. Again, that's a tax deduction for you as the, as the business owner. You don't pay taxes on that money. The kiddo is below the uh, threshold, so they don't pay taxes on that money. You can then fund the IRA up to $6,000 each year, and that money grows tax-free. Uh, and let's assume it's a Roth IRA, right? Roth is after-tax dollars. doesn't really matter to the kiddo because they're not paying taxes on it anyway. So tax deduction, tax deduction. Goes into the IRA, grows tax free, and by the time they hit retirement, just think about how $6,000 compounds over time. Whatever um, uh, percentage you want to use, right? 6%, 7%, 8%, 10%, uh, it likely is going to hit a million dollars by the time they reach retirement. That's a million dollars of income that they can take out with no tax implications. And not only that, when you have a Roth IRA, uh, as Malachi was pointing out, there are legitimate expenses that you can take it out before retirement uh, age without any tax implications as well.
4: Now, the only question that I had the other day, Larry, and I wish you were in that room um, because I had a a question about this. I asked my uh, financial planner the same thing. So contributing to our individual Roth, and then their custodial Roth, because their Roth is supposed to be custodial, right?
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a custodial
4: yep. Roth. Okay. So contributing to my individual at six K max, and then their individual custodials at six K each max annually. My question was, and they didn't quite know this answer as it pertains to the twelve thousand income annually. Is that in addition to or a part of? So the six thousand has to come from the twelve thousand and go to the Roth, which means you pay them six thousand dollars difference to do whatever they want to with it. Or is it addition to? Can I fund their six thousand and still pay them twelve thousand nine?
8: Gotcha, gotcha. So um, you cannot fund their Roth. IRA specifically, or their traditional IRA, unless they have earned income. So step one is that they have to make that money. Uh, so let's use the twelve thousand dollars as an example. They've got to legitimately earn that for the year, uh, at least whatever amount they put in. That's that's the amount that they have to earn. If you're funding three thousand, they need to earn three thousand from your business and so on. So as long as they've earned that amount, they can then. Go and go and uh, fund the IRA account. So, uh, how much they fund the account? As long as it doesn't go past six thousand, you're fine. Um, th- does that answer the question?
12: It does.
4: That's exactly what I was trying to ascertain the other day because I wanted to make sure that it wasn't like you know combined; that it was separate. Separated out. So, you answer that. And then my next part of the question is: I don't have to take for the remaining six. To fund their um, right now, I contribute to their savings 529 plan on a monthly basis, but it doesn't have to be a part of the six that I pay them. Think, think, think,
6: Think of it this way. Think of it this way. It's not your money once you pay them. It's their money and it's their contribution. So you pay them and then you can still use your money for other things while they use their money to fund their retirement. Does that make sense?
4: Perfect. Okay. So I pay them from my LLC from that 12, nine, six of it can go to their custodial Roth. And then I continue to contribute on their, to their savings five twenty nine monthly as I have been. Cause that's your money. Perfect. Awesome. Thank y'all. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, jump hey, in. Hey,
6: question. By Byron, I, just, yeah. I just sent you
2: a link. Okay, I just okay. Sent
6: you a link of why everybody should have a Roth IRA. You just post that and it answers a lot of the questions.
2: Okay, okay. Who is the lady that wanted to jump in? It's
5: me, Joanna.
2: Go ahead, jump in.
5: Yeah, so I came in late. Have we talked about self-directed accounts yet? We have not. Oh but, my but God! There. So there. this it's the perfect time to introduce the self-directed Roth retirement account, HSA, and all those things.
2: Let's talk about it.
5: Yeah, I mean, I, I use them. I use them. I have a self-directed Roth Solo okay. K. I have a self-directed HSA account. So, I mean, and my lenders use them to invest in my projects, and it's. Tax-free. Well, the, the taxation is different depending on what type of uh, account you have, but that Roth, I mean, everybody's talking about getting a Roth and everybody should have a Roth. Uh, but to make it self-directed is even better because with the regular Roth, you're just really depending on somebody else to invest your money. And whatever stocks or bonds are, are popping or not popping at the time it's really in somebody else's hands. But when you get to self-direct it, for example, me in real estate, I buy properties in my self-directed Roth. I wholesale with my self-directed Roth. And all of that money is tax-free. Because I paid taxes on it first before I even put it in the Roth. So it grows tax-free and it comes out tax-free. And it's such a powerful, powerful thing to, to harness. I just feel like a lot of people don't know about self-direction. And you can self-direct a health savings account. And so buying properties in your health savings account, other people can be paying your medical bills for life. You can self-direct the uh, Coverdell account, the uh, kids' college account as well, and so it's just so much power. Instead of waiting on somebody else's expertise to grow your funds, you can take control of that yourself.
6: All, all, all of that is oh. all of that is spot on. Uh, the one thing that, that that you need to remember is when do you want your money. So if you want your money today, then the self-directed Roths and the putting your money in your reti- assets in a retirement vehicle won't work for you because the income has to go back to that vehicle. Uh, so that's why I say get a consultation with someone like Larry. One of the first questions he's going to ask is, "When you want your money? You want it today? You want it tomorrow?" And then he'll set you up right based on what income category you want and, and how you how you want to receive your funds. But the, the Roth IRAs—they're great avenues. It's just that if you're an adult and you put the money there you can leverage against it, but you can't take that income now without taking a
5: pre-tax penalty now. Right. So there will be specifically for retirement, the retirement age.
8: Yes. Correct. correct. Right. And and a couple of, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to, I I was going to say a couple of things to, to understand when we talk about the self-directed accounts to make sure we're using them appropriately. Uh, One, they're, they're, they're still inherently IRAs, 401ks, and what have you, they're self-directed. And simply the self-directed means, uh, by default, you don't have to go into the market. You can choose where those investments go. Uh, That means you could buy crypto, you could buy real estate, you can do all these other things. It gives you a little bit more power, uh, as as the lady was saying, in terms of where your investment goes, and they still grow the same. They grow tax-free, and depending on if that's a traditional or a Roth, it either comes out tax-free or you pay taxes on it at the end. Here's the point that I want everyone to understand. When you use those self-directed accounts, one, um, they're intended to be used for passive style investments, right? So that means you're not going to take your uh, account and go invest in a business that you actively participate in. One, it's not allowed because you can't at the same time benefit from the business uh, that your retirement account is also invested in. So you want to make sure you don't cross those lines. Uh, And there are also restrictions on investing directly with certain family members, depending on the lineage. Uh, That's, you know, mom and dad, sister, brother, as as well as kids. So you want to be very, very in tune with the rules around using the self-directed account. Uh, but it can be a very powerful thing because it, when you think about it, uh, if that self-directed account goes invest in, it goes and invests in real estate and it does really well, that's a whole bunch of retirement money that you just uh, accumulated that you, again, assuming it's a Roth, you're not paying taxes on. Um, so that, that's the only part I wanted to add there.
10: Yeah, I have something on the self-directed too. This is Mr. Banks. Yeah, yeah. Um, You know, Larry, like he's spot on with that, Uh, because one of the things when we do a self-directed for people, uh, you have to create a corporation because you can invest in Coca-Cola with your self-directed. You can also invest in any corporation that you can end up being the CEO of that company. Uh, You have to do it right. and it's something you can do by yourself. Uh, That's a good way to get access to that money and grow it instead of putting it in somebody's hands. I'm a big leave it. I'm a big proponent of making sure that you leave it uh you know if you know what you're doing don't just throw it all in somebody else's hand but i want to backtrack just a little bit real quick one time the uh i'm still on the the the, hey i'm gonna start a business and i'm gonna uh first of all and i'm actually gonna alley hoop this to larry larry have you seen anybody try to you know they, they, they they make good money they don't own a business okay but they now want to start paying their kids to save money on taxes. Have you seen this situation? Can you help them out and make sure they don't make no mistakes on that?
8: Yeah, yeah, actually, we we have seen similar things like that. Um, And uh, the short answer to a situation like that is uh, you can't do it, right? Uh, Unless there's a legitimate business purpose. So I'm going to go through these rules again, because these are the the foundational pieces to understand whether or not you can take a deduction. Uh, And and of course, you want to run all these by your advisor to make sure it fits your scenario. But one, does it have a business purpose? If you are strictly a W-2, you don't have a side hustle, another business or anything like that. then you've automatically disqualified yourself for for step one. There's no legitimate business purpose. Uh, The second thing, assuming you do have a legitimate business, is it ordinary and necessary? Meaning when I look at your industry line of work type of business, do other businesses ordinarily incur this expense? And is it necessary for your business to operate uh, this expense that you're uh, incurring? Uh, The last part or second to last part is... Uh, is it documented somewhere? You can't just go spend money and think you don't uh, think you don't need a receipt, an invoice, or something like that to actually prove the expense. And the same is true uh, of of paying your kiddos. Are there is there a way to track the wages that were paid, the salary, the hourly, or, or whatever it is? You need that documentation. And uh, the last part, and this is the one that that Malachi always points out, is is it reasonable, right? If it's abusive and excessive, they will disallow it. It has to be reasonable for what you're doing. So if you are strictly a W-2 and you're trying to pay your kids, no, you got to have a legitimate business and then follow those other steps that we just laid out for you.
6: They they will disallow it and charge you a penalty for it.
8: Mm,
2: don't need a penalty.
9: That's going backwards. Byron, I got a question for Larry. I yeah. wanted to go back even to what Ashley was talking about. So, Real quick, um, the six thousand. Let's say again. I'm gonna. I've followed the formal process. Get my son uh, on. We're doing our thing. Um, six thousand we put into the let's say the the IRA, the Roth IRA. Now, is that a one time six thousand or is that a monthly six thousand?
8: That's the total you can put in for the year. For um, the year. Each, yeah, each tax year that resets. Okay,
9: so can I have multiple Roth IRAs
8: then? You can have multiple, but the cumulative amount that you put in cannot exceed that six thousand dollars. So, if you have six IRAs and you do a thousand apiece, that's fine. But you cannot have six IRAs and do six thousand apiece. So, the total cumulative amount in your IRAs cannot exceed six thousand in a given tax year.
6: So, then, what other strategies? Can Can you define given tax year and when they can make that last contribution?
8: Yep, absolutely. So, a tax year for most of us is January 1 to December 31st. So, the income that's earned has to be earned within that uh, timeframe between Jan 1 and December 31. Now, when you can make the contribution, you have until the tax return is due, which is April 15th of every year, unless it falls on a holiday, then it kicks to the next business day. After April 15th, you cannot make a contribution for the prior year. So, when we look at, for example, 2022, Jan 1 through December 31st, that's your earning period that you, can, uh, that you, that you or your kiddo can earn wages. You can make the IRA contribution anytime between now and uh, April 15th, 2023. If you try to make it after that, it does not count for the 2022 tax year. And the total amount that you contribute for the 2022 tax year cannot exceed the $6,000.
1: Awesome. So, Larry, I've got a question for you. I know some folks were looking at um, what are other options in terms of being able to put more money away for retirement. Um, I've worked with clients in terms of being able to create retirement accounts for them using life insurance. Um, but to clarify, like, what are the the tax strategies or benefits of using life insurance, given that, you know, this is money that you're going to pay your uh, income taxes on in advance. But then once you have the money in the account, um, that it's non-taxable. Is that money taxable if you take it out of your cash value account and use it for something and then put it back in that account? And the other thing would be, um, to address Benny's question about being able to increase the amount from $6,000 um, or above that $6,000 a year using the um, life insurance account can, or the, uh, the cash value account using life insurance, um, are you able to have a greater deduction by including more money in that cash value account than the $6,000 a
8: year? catch you got so if I understand the question correctly um, part of it is hey how do we use the cash value life insurance part and what are the tax implications and then part two is um, can we exceed what we will be able to put in the Roth meaning can we put more than six thousand or perhaps double up max out the six on a Roth and then contribute to the uh, to the cash value life insurance yes. uh, part 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 one of that is uh, one I start with this unless there is a business purpose, meaning it's a key man insurance policy, a buy-sell insurance policy or something like that, we typically do not advise clients to ever deduct their life insurance premiums. Uh, And the reason is, even if you feel like it's a legitimate business expense for you to deduct your life insurance premium, if it's a personal policy, the moment you do so, you have now rendered your death benefit as taxable income. So the couple hundred dollars that you want to deduct to save on taxes now could have major tax implications if something happened to you and your family receives, you know, six or seven-figure payout that they now have to pay taxes on. So step one is if it's a personal life insurance policy don't run it through the business. Pay for it personally. Uh, The second part of that, the premiums that you pay on some of these cash value policies, those are considered after-tax contributions uh, the same way they would be in a Roth. And so you pay taxes on that money now. However, the cash value grows over time. it, It grows. I'll leave that to the insurance folks to talk about those particular parts. But the point is, When the cash value is large enough, you can tap it to uh, pull money out. But you're not just pulling money out tax free, quote unquote. It's the same as the leverage and or debt strategy that we talked about before. You are borrowing against the policy. That's why it comes to you tax free. So when you got cash value and let's say you pull out $20,000, it's a $20,000 loan that you're expected to pay back. There are some strategies in terms of how you can uh, work around that. But essentially, it's a loan, um, and it's a loan from yourself, presumably. So that's why you can pull the money out of the account without paying taxes on it. How much can you fund these cash value accounts? It depends on on a few different um, uh, items. As long as you don't go past I – I I believe they call it a, a MEC number, a modified endowment contract number. As long as you don't go past a certain number, uh, you can fund these um, – pretty extensively. Uh, and there are even some strategies to get the bank involved to have the bank fund your life insurance policy that can just blow up the cash value and the death benefit itself. Uh, but the point there is you don't take the tax deduction. The money comes to you tax-free because it's debt and leverage. You're expected to uh, to pay it back at some point in time or to reduce your death benefit. Um, I hope that answered the question.
2: That was, a beautiful, that was a beautiful situation. Man, these are some good questions and even better answers. <laughs> Uh a cherry on the top of what
13: Larry says. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, he's talking about a modified endowment contract. And basically what that means is if you put a penny more than the maximum contribution amount, so MEC is modified endowment contract, which means the maximum contribution you can make uh on your policy in annual basis, on a you know, on a yearly basis. And if you go in one penny over that, now you've changed the structure of the policy to where it's going to be taxed like a 401k. So now if you act as a uh, product a half, you're going to pay a 10% early withdrawal penalty. And if you go over it, they're going to treat it like a 401k. Gotcha. I think That's correct. If you borrow against your cash value, right, it's not... If you withdraw, you need to withdraw your policies to me. I think your mic is kind of breaking up. Al. Put in there and it's not taxable.
4: Yeah. Can you,
2: run that back yeah can you break that down one more time? Yeah. Your mic is yeah. kind of breaking
4: well, well, up. Well,
13: I don't know the last thing I heard.
2: It, just like, run it all back.
13: Just yeah. run it all back. Yeah. 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 So, so, so can <laughs> over? no problem. So when Larry's talking about a modified and dominant contract, that just means the maximum you can contribute to your cash value life policy on an annual basis. Any penny more than that, the IRS is now going to treat the policy like a 401k uh, or, any pre-qual- or any qualified plan, meaning pre-tax, to where if you take money out before you're 59 and a half, you're going to have to pay a 10% early withdrawal penalty, and it's going to increase your income basis. So that's the first thing. The second thing is when you access the funds, there's two ways to access it without a triggering a taxable event. One is to borrow, uh, borrow the money. In this particular situation, you're borrowing from the financial institution, whatever the life company is, and they're collateralizing what you have in your cash value. The second way to take money out of these policies is to withdraw your cost basis, meaning first in, first out. What if you're contributing to it? You're just taking out your cost basis. You're not taking out any of the growth out of the policy. Okay? If you withdraw the growth, now you triggered a taxable event as well. And people leverage these all the time. You got so many ways that they can be funded to help people acquire assets. So I just want to add that—that's great insight, Larry. Uh, back to you, B.
14: Hey, Byron. This is rough. I want to jump into as well. Yeah,
1: rough. Uh-huh. I just want to encourage that ahead, also that um, when they're making those uh, policies, when they have the cash value. Uh, because Benny had asked about being able to go beyond that six thousand a year, you want to make sure that you are, are in contact or direct connection with your agent and asking them about what the levels of that mec would be. Because it's only going to come up on an individual basis in your illustration, they'll be able to let you know what the max is. But you can absolutely go over that six thousand um, a year, and that's the purpose for using that cash value account. Guys,
14: let me let me just clarify something real quick.
2: Uh-oh, your mic cut out on you again. Uh-oh, your mic cut out. Yeah. They're completely different, and they're completely two different financial tools. I have clients that have a Mac reference premium,
3: and the most they contribute on an annual basis is over $75,000 a year. So they're completely different. and uh, can't
13: if, hear Yeah,
14: kinda, uh, it's kind of far away, Al. If you overfund it, then it's going to be treated as, uh, like, again, a, a, t- a pre qualified. You might have got connected to a Bluetooth okay. device in this house. Yeah.
2: So. Um, Al, I think you back may be connected back to, back back to back like a Bluetooth.
14: You want to to yeah.
2: Uh, yeah. R- Ruff, go ahead and jump in, Ruff.
14: Yeah. So I just wanted to add a little bit. And, and Kivet kind of touched on it a little bit about the, uh, the modified endowment. So it's kind of ambiguous a little bit when you start talking about maximums because, you know, some of these other vehicles can give you a clear number of what your maximums are um so with the modified endowment definitely you know sit down with the agent view that illustration but it's going to be you know be based on how old you are how healthy you are and the and the number that you plan to start with right so let's say for example you plan to start with putting in $10,000 a year where well your modified endowment contract uh or limit might be 13,000 well, let's say you start with 13. If you start with 13, then your modified endowment could move to 15, 16, or 17. So it's really based on where you start, where that floor and that ceiling gets set at. Gotcha. All
2: right. Well, cool deal. Uh, I want to move. I want to move this conversation because we, we we haven't even talked about tax credits, right? <laughs> We've been talking about just deductions. Um, hey, like, hey, By- yeah. hey, Byron,
6: can, Larry, do you want to tell them about the QBI deduction? That's probably the one they can use the most now.
2: Yeah. Matter of fact, yeah, let's go on, get that one out of the way before we move on to these credits, because I, th- I got a feeling when we get to these credits, man, listen, we're going to get some holly- some hallelujahs in the chat, man. We're <laughs> 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 we talking about them hallelujahs in the chat on the- on these uh, tax credits. But yeah, go ahead, uh, Larry.
8: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, Q- QBI deduction, QBI basically stands for Qualified Business Income Tax Deduction. And this went into effect with the um, Tax Cutting Jobs Act that was I believe it was signed in 17 and put in place in 2018. But essentially, um, if you meet certain uh, thresholds, and we'll talk about what they are in a moment, uh, you can receive a tax deduction equal to 20% of your taxable income that comes from your business. And so, when you look at the bottom line, the net income of the business, if you meet certain guidelines, you can get a tax deduction equivalent to 20% of that number. Let's just talk about $100,000, for example. If your business nets and profits $100 thousand dollars, that could potentially be a twenty thousand dollar tax deduction that's waiting on you. And so while everyone tries to drive again the expenses down um, and you know pile on all these deductions and things like that, for those who are operating profitable businesses, it's a it's a a, a great um, strategy that's available and there's nothing special that you really have to do to uh, to get it. Now there are certain um, earnout provisions meaning if your income is below, above a certain threshold you may not qualify. If your business is in a specific industry as they call specific service based businesses there may be um, phase out provisions. But ask your tax professional. Are you taking advantage of QBI? Do you qualify for QBI and make sure that uh, that 20% tax deduction shows up uh, on your uh, on your tax return?
2: I love it. I love it, man. Shout out to my guy Quentin in the building. My guy Owen is in the building. You know what I mean? Shout out to my guy Malachi dropping bombs. Al, listen, man, I, I just want to let y'all know that, um, man, we got a mastermind coming up. Uh, Larry, you, you, you. You gonna be at that mastermind are you or not?
8: Oh, without question, I am tapping it. I will be there.
2: You, you was at that last mastermind, right?
8: Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And it was it was beyond powerful. Uh so you know, generally some of the things you talk about, just high-level business conversations. Uh it was a great chance to really take the deep dive into all these different facets of running the business. It, it isn't just, hey, uh, you know. This is the kind of business you can jump into, but it was the step by step, play by play. And of course, we talked about the tax side of things, but folks were given uh, a lot of good insight, and people left there with, uh, you know, I don't think it's an exaggeration to say um, high six figure, multi million dollar strategies to execute. Wow.
2: Um, so yeah, we got a, We got a big mastermind coming. Listen, I just want everybody to know, man. That a lot of times that be the cheat code. You be you be sitting around. You be trying, sitting around wondering why. You, you know, it's funny because it's like you look at somebody like a Q, right? You look at Q, you go look at his Instagram page, and you be like, dang man, he real active on social media. You know what I'm saying? But what you don't see behind the curtain? When you look behind the curtain, <laughs> you see a whole team putting that whole that 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 show on. You understand what I'm saying? And it's kind of like that with masterminds and and all of these high-level um, um, uh, conversations that you kind of get to join in on, right? You be seeing people and you be thinking, that okay, they just winning and it just work out. No, no, no. They go in places getting high-level insider information, right? They're doing the work, right? They're networking at the highest of the highest level, right? It's not accidental, <laughs> a lot of times. Um so so you you got to make sure that you're inside of some of these rooms to be able to take advantage of these kind of things. But we have not talked about these tax credits. I want to move on to these tax credits because this is important. So, especially when we're talking about R&D, right? Energy efficiency, um um employment uh retention credits, right? All of these things um I I would love 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 to get Larry's insight or any other tax professionals insight on the stage but specifically Larry or Malachi uh, um on these particular topics so Larry can you give us a little insight on this R&D thing what this is um how people can take advantage of it um why does it benefit them at the highest level the reason why we left some of this stuff for the for later in the show can you give us a little bit of understanding of that (laughs)
8: <laughs> yeah absolutely i 'll preface by saying uh, tax credits are far more favorable than tax deductions. Uh, remember deductions basically reduce your taxable income. You made a hundred thousand you get a ten thousand dollar deduction you pay taxes on ninety but a tax credit actually reduces the actual tax due. You made one hundred thousand, and your tax is twenty five thousand dollars. That means that's what you owe the IRS, but you have a tax credit for ten thousand. Now you only owe the IRS fifteen. So tax credits, wherever possible, are more favorable than deductions. Um, the the ones that you listed, like the R and D tax credit, um, is, is is essentially a. Um, a, an incentive for the government that rewards businesses that are engaged in some type of research and development that has a hard science attached to it. They don't allow this for uh, for social scientists. So when we think of um, perhaps assessment tools for psychologists, sociologists, and things like that, those things typically aren't allowed. So when you think of hard science, think of things like computer and software uh, development, engineering, Uh, think of things like uh, bio, uh, chemistry, physics, different things in those areas that have a hard science component to it. But essentially, there's a tax credit that if you're investing in research uh, in those areas, um, and that leads to uh, certain certain advancements within the uh, business. You can get a credit for that, uh, again, which is a lot powerful than just deducting the cost of the uh, of the research itself.
2: So what is a tax credit? How does the tax credit work? And, uh, you know, just on a, ba- on a basic level, like a, from a case study standpoint.
8: <laughs> yep. Yep. I, I think the, the best uh, example of that is um, let, let's take the child tax credit, for example right? Um, the child tax credit uh, is, is $3,000. Um, so that basically means when all your income is totaled up after you've considered all your deductions and things like that, you've got a tax bill that's sitting there. And let's just say the tax bill itself, again, is 10000 Now that you've got a tax credit, that $3,000 credit offsets the tax due, and that reduces the tax to now $7,000. You juxtapose that with a deduction. The deduction is only a reduction of the income itself, and so you only get a percentage of that off of your off of your tax. So wherever possible, you want to look for any credits that you are um, eligible for and make sure you take advantage of them. Um, now, there aren't a ton of credits out there that are just floating around, right? Deductions are a bit more easier to come by than tax credits, but if you can't get a credit, it is perhaps the most valuable thing you can do, and typically, credits are not required to be paid back. It's a, it's a reduction of the tax. Owed.
6: Wow. Wow. Can I, can I chime in on please, the please do. Okay. So th- this is how the IRS is set up. Uh, the IRS has, has a group that focuses on small business owners, 10 million dollars or less. They have a group that focuses on large business owners. If you have 10 million dollars or more, I'm talking assets, uh, not income. And then they have a group that focuses on wage and investments for payroll. So these are three specific groups that focus on. We're going to look at all of the returns nationwide, you know, in these categories. And then they have individual separate groups that just focus on tax credits. So, for example, research and development. There's a research and development group of agents that specifically only looks at all of the inventory, all of the cases that come before them that have a tax credit associated with it. So if you're going to do those, be sure to get a professional to do it because you have a higher audit risk for it. Thanks. Absolutely.
1: That's Victoria. Also, (coughs) for those of you who don't know, I worked as a problem resolution caseworker for the IRS for well over five years. Um, One thing about credits, too, some are refundable. I think, and I'm I'm not familiar with current law, but are most of them refundable? That's a question to the tax professionals now, which is a difference between a deduction. Because your deduction is going to only be based upon what your income bracket is versus a credit, which you get 100% of that. And some of them are refundable. Can a tax professional um, speak to that, please, under the new law?
8: Yeah. So, so, um, where, where we talked about tax credits reducing the tax owed. In some cases, it reduces the tax owed so much so that it drives the number negative. Uh, if the credit is refundable, which some of the ones we're talking about right now are, then that means you can get a refund because you've essentially wiped out your whole tax bill. There's a negative number left over, and that's then refunded to you. There are some tax credits that are not refundable, um, and so that's where you want to sit down with your professional to make sure the ones that you're uh, to make sure your expectations are set. Um, in all instances, the credit will reduce the tax owed. Some of them may trigger a refund; others may just get you to a net zero tax. Wow. Wow. Oh, man, this is good stuff. This is good stuff. So I guess
2: uh, let's let's talk about these energy efficient um, tax credits, um, because a lot of people will be doing, you know, real estate. A lot of people get calls right now about solar. Well, is there a tax credit for any of these things? Like, how does that that work?
8: Yeah, there there is a residential uh, solar energy tax credit, uh, and and this is for individuals to claim on their uh, on their personal tax return, and so uh, the tax the the tax credit itself could be up to twenty six percent of the um, total price for the solar purchase and installation. The key there is that the year that you're claiming that tax credit the installation needs to have been complete. And so if you're bordering at the end of the year and and installation won't be complete until the next year, well, that tax credit then rolls to the the following year. But if you're installing energy efficiency, specifically solar um, on your residence, then there is a tax credit that is available to you. Again, it could be up to 26% of the purchase and installation price. You wanna talk to both your tax professional about that, but also talk to the solar company that's installing it, because oftentimes there's paperwork that they have to provide to support that uh, deduction. And then equally, if we've got developers in the room that are building and the um Uh, some of the materials that they're using meet a certain energy efficient uh, threshold, there could be massive tax credits uh, for them for some of the development work that they're doing. Uh, We've heard Alvin talk a lot about the SIP panels uh, that uh, improve energy efficiency. Those can be included. Um, There are a a number of different um, HVAC style systems that can be put in place and and different things like that, that are permanent fixtures or, or structures to the building that could be massive tax credits. And when you couple that with, um, the depreciation that you get from a cost sex study, that could be a powerful one two punch. Again, no double dipping, but a powerful one two punch.
2: Wow. I hope I hope we're paying attention. I hope listen, I hope we're paying attention. Um uh, because that's powerful. Literally you can get you can get a tax credit, right? Um for for, for adding some of these energy efficiency things that we're probably in some cases already adding in some cases already adding so i wonder uh do you get a tax credit for stuff like uh rock wool uh insulation um or you know uh putting in good good windows and different things of that nature is it uh you know how how does that that typically work if somebody knows
8: yeah there there are certain standards that the um um, components have to meet in order for uh, it to be eligible for the uh, tax credit itself. And that's a lot of times while we work with some of the third-party vendors that do the actual analysis and provide the uh, audit documentation. Uh, but yeah, it isn't one of those things where you just go to Home Depot and say, hey, I'm going to get these energy efficient windows and that's a tax credit. There's certain uh, ener- energy reduction standards that these installations have to meet in order for you to be eligible. But if they do meet it, boy, that could be powerful.
7: Byron, can I add in on this Please. to what Larry is saying? Please Hi, do. Um, uh, Larry, so happy to hear this part of the discussion from you and Byron. Uh, I started my first company many years ago at 21, and it was a solar company. And it was life-changing for me, but it was really awesome to learn about tax credits for the first time in my life and to see what a powerful tool it is. As a tax strategy, but also to really stack all of these uh, benefits and privileges to our personal benefit, to our business benefit, and to the benefit of the world. And when we're talking about making an impact, start to finish, and all of us are facing um, energy challenges and cost and rising cost, I want to just add that it's also Uh, the right thing to do for everyone who will live in, occupy, or use the buildings that we're doing, Um, and we are incentivized to do the right thing. Uh, It absolutely accelerated um, my direct business, but accelerated other parts of my business because I had all of these components and intentions in alignment, so take it very seriously that each part matters, but the parts together are phenomenal.
3: Wow.
2: Man, this is good stuff. So so here's the deal. Um, you know, a lot of my folk that's out here that's doing new construction, you understand what I'm saying? You need to be paying attention. Are you doing fix and flips? Anybody, or even if you're doing home, does this work for home remodels? I want to make sure that I'm clear. Hold on, Does it work for home remodels? Or is it just for business, Larry?
8: Uh, uh, what, what we were talking about on the on the latter half of energy efficiency, uh, those are for businesses, for the home side of things, um, there may be some energy efficient credits, perhaps the most powerful is is solar if you're installing that on your uh, main residence.
2: Wow. So listen, if you're looking to do any of these things, you need to be taking advantage of these things but here's the thing. You won't know that you need to be taking advantage of these things if you're not connected to the right people who know these kinds of things. Okay. Um, it, you know, listen, I like Larry, but it's a lot of other professionals out there that, that can do this kind of stuff, but you have to know that's the reason why it's so important to listening back to this podcast. Uh, matter of fact, if you haven't already go to apple Podcasts and go to no stingy energy no stingy energy this one will be up this one will be up there very soon and you'll be able to go back and listen back to these things right or if you're in the wealth community definitely in the wealth community go back and listen and what you want to do is um make sure that you're documenting all of these key terms And then talk to those tax professionals. If they get cross-eyed, if they get cross-eyed mid-conversation or mid-definition, move to the next person. Yeah, you... Anybody that get cross-eyed when you start talking about this stuff, just don't even, don't even waste your time. Just just keep it moving and go on to the next person because they're going to waste your time and they're going to waste your money and they're not going to get you what you need. That's how you know that you're dealing with folk who understand what's going on with this particular um, conversation. But I want to keep the party going. We're talking about employee right. yes, employee retention credits. Um, yeah. Who, who Who's that? They want to jump in? Had a question. That
5: uh, was, right. was Joanna, but I wanted to talk about historic tax credits. You can yes. come back to me later.
2: Um, go ahead and get it in now. Um, and then I want to get to these employee retentions. Maybe we can get that question done at the same time. Maybe we can do a double whammy.
5: Well, I wanted to share, um, a lot of people don't know about historic tax credits. I mean, it's a, it's a niche community because not everybody has historic properties or historic areas, but if you're renovating in a historic district or historic area that's been deemed historic, or you can prove that that house has some historic significance to that area, then you can get state, uh, in in most states, state and federal tax credits. Uh, in Virginia... <laughs> Yeah, in in Virginia, uh, we have a lot of history in Virginia, so they love to preserve their history. So in Richmond and Church Hill and in North Side, those are some of our historic areas where you can get those tax credits. I think the state uh, credit is twenty percent of the repairs that you've done, and you you've got to get a CPA involved to um, show the repairs on on a special sheet they call it i don't don't know what the name of it is um and you can get re well you can get tax credits uh for up to 20 percent of that cost and if you're holding it if you're going to keep it long term then you can get federal credits as well in addition to the state credits so that could be like up to 45 percent of costs
2: Well, the party continues. The party continues. <laughs> Man, listen, this 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 has been a jammed packed uh um um B.O.B. session today with info, really, really good info. It wasn't a lot of wasted space. You know, you know, sometimes we get on BOB and every now and then you get somebody that'll open up their mic just to hear themselves talk, you know what I'm saying? We we didn't have a lot of that. We didn't have a lot of that today. It was just value on value. But uh Larry, if you don't mind. Um, can you break down this re- uh, employer retention credit um, for people who may not understand that piece?
8: Yeah, you know, if, if we all rewind to 2020, 2021, tons of stimulus um, activity was going on with the governments. The the Employee Retention Tax Credit was one that didn't receive a ton of attention because everyone was focused on PPP and EIDL. But essentially for business owners who weathered the storm and did not uh, get rid of their employees, lay off their employees, fire their employees throughout uh, the pandemic, then the um, IRS has a uh, a credit which is called the Employee Retention, hence the name retention, a tax credit in which business owners could be eligible uh, for a refundable tax credit. Uh, for Depending on, on the years that they're eligible, the credit could be as high as $26,000 per employee, uh, or perhaps it's, it's limited to uh, just $10,000 for later uh, quarters. But essentially, what you want to do is work with your tax advisor to see if your business meets the standards. Now, when it first came out, a lot of businesses didn't meet it because it was purely based on uh, what they call a substantial loss of revenue, which, which means uh, if you had a 50, I think the the first number was a 50% dip. When you compare quarters, if you had a a 50% or greater dip in revenue, then you'd be eligible for it. Well, depending on what side of the the business you were on, a lot of companies actually flourished during COVID, uh, which may be hard to believe for some people. And so they didn't have that dip in revenue, but they were still hurting and they still retained their employees. Now, um, through a, a couple of revisions and changes, if your company was impacted by local, state, local, or federal uh, mandates to temporarily close shelter or limit your business activity to an extent, then you could be eligible for the tax credit. Uh, now, again, This is one of those things that uh, a lot of uh, what we call tax promoters are popping up and and soliciting businesses to get them to sign up for it. You want to work with an advisor that you trust who truly knows your business and can justify if you were truly impacted. But if you meet that threshold, that could be a pretty sizable tax credit, refundable tax credit uh, that's waiting for you.
2: Listen, I'm just saying, man. That mastermind, we gonna have some fun. We gonna have some fun, fun. Hey, man, we gonna be out there learning. Listen, we gonna be out there building.
3: Listen, some we gonna fun, have some fun, some fun,
2: fun, fun,
7: fun. So fun. <laughs> <laughs> we gonna be out there learning.
2: Hey, we gonna be outside. <laughs> yeah, you
12: that. Know hey, I man, like listen. <laughs> Yeah,
2: but you, oh my gosh <laughs> Listen I'm just saying man I just Here's the deal What are some ways I, I gotta leave some folk with this Cause it's gonna be a lot of folk That need to connect with Larry Larry do you have um, Do you have a co- Like a, a website Something you got a website, we got to figure not out a way to, Yeah, we not need something, something to
12: connect with something. you Yeah, right? we need something <laughs> we No, need but some. Larry,
4: seriously um, And I know Malachi, he shares from his expertise that he may not be, you know, providing a service But both of you, we would really uh, love for the audience To connect with you all outside of Clubhouse as well So please let them know
8: Yep, yep, absolutely. I, I just sent you a link to the website, but yeah, okay. uh, folks can certainly hit our website. It, it's uh, www.pb, like peanut butter, pb strategies.com. Uh, from that website, you'll see a list of our services and different ways to schedule what we call a discovery call so we can learn a little bit more uh, about services. But we're also getting ready to launch a newsletter July 15th. Uh, and the newsletter won't be your typical boring email that comes to you, it's going to be insightful tax and uh, business strategy tips that you can apply right away, especially with us being on the brink of a recession and uh, just tax strategy and tax planning tips in in general. And so as we get ready to launch that newsletter, if you just want to send me a direct message, whether it's here on Clubhouse or on Instagram, shoot me your name and email address. I'll make sure you are included on that initial copy that goes out July 15th. Uh, You definitely don't want to miss that.
5: Yeah. And I just want to speak on behalf of Larry. He's so dope, so guys, if you are looking for um, someone that's professional that has knowledge um, larry is is great. so I had a session with him. Um, I had a zoom recording, so you know if you forget to write something down you can go back and replay it. but I thoroughly enjoy my experience. I learned a whole lot, so Larry's to go to in my opinion. <laughs>
2: And here's the thing, but here's the deal, here's the deal, and I know Larry probably want everybody, Everybody. matter of fact, everybody need to go to the link, you know what I'm saying, copy that link, you may use it today, you may use it tomorrow, you may use it next week, right, but, and I know Larry probably want all of the business in the world, right, and he deserves it because he's awesome like that. But Larry, for the people who may not work with you, okay, they may decide to work with somebody else locally to them, right? Or, or whatever they, they they reasons is. What are some of the best ways to find these types of tax professionals um, like yourself? You know, I know Mr. Banks does uh, some tax stuff too and some account stuff too. Um what what are some of the best ways to find Tax professionals at your level, not the you know, the rinky dinks. Um, because I could tell you right now, listen, half of y'all in this room right now, most of the people who are claiming to be tax professionals, you know more than they do. That's a problem, you see. You want to find the folk who who know more than you do, like the Larry's, like you know, what I'm saying, even like the Mr. Banks, the, the Malachi's. How do you find these people? Where do they exist? If you don't mind.
8: Yeah, I I think the greatest uh, uh, place to to find folks is, is by referral. Talk to people who are in the space that you're in that's doing it at a high level and see who their tax advisors are uh, and ask for the introduction. Uh, I, I'd say don't assume that um, you don't have a certain net worth or income or threshold to meet that standard. The important thing is that you get access to the individuals, figure out how best to work with them, uh, and that way you'll have access to the uh, an opportunity for the, uh, for the information. But referrals are perhaps the best because they'll tell you um, exactly who their people are and you can get the same services that they're getting. And wow. emphasis on in the
6: space that you're in because your professional needs to be an expert in your field.
2: That's important. Uh, anybody else care to speak? I know we got a lot of brilliant minds on the stage right now. I know we got Chauncey a lot. You know, we got, you know, shout out to my guy Mark Days in the building. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we, got, we got Jackie. We got Tooks. What are you guys using to find these professionals? I know that I use it was, I don't even know if they still have it, but it was like a Yahoo chat, like service, right? I used Yahoo um, and and it was kind of like a networking little thing. And I was just, I I just searched for tax professionals, real estate tax professionals. I found my lady and she helps me tremendously. She's smart. um, She knows her stuff. And I've been rocking with her for a while. um, And so, that's how I found it. And plus I was a part of this. um, It was a local, um, it was a local kind of like real estate group. I paid like 20 grand to be a part of it. And, um, and they, they just, you know, they were sharing these resources, you know what I'm saying? And that's how I found that resources to be able to find her. So it was kind of like, you know, sometimes, sometimes you just got to be in the right room man. you know, it just is what it is. But, um, I want everybody in the room right now to do me a favor. Do me a favor. Go ahead and copy this link. Copy this link right now. Um, uh, copy this link right now uh, because I'm, I'm finna switch it real quick. Because I, I want, I want, I want to switch it back to um, this uh, this no stingy energy mastermind because. Larry is gonna be in the building, okay. Larry is gonna be in the building. We got Benicia coming. We got we got Herman Dolce coming. We got uh, who else? We got coming. Diddy is Diddy. Diddy with us right now. I, you know, I just want to. I just want to make sure that people understand. Listen, this is gonna be a powerful experience. I'm to attack strategies. Beat side. <laughs> yeah, Beachside, man. I don't know if we get in the yacht situation or not. Everything all-inclusive. Um, but whatever, you know, it, it's, it's going to be five-star five level of uh, um, of situations taking place. All seven, eight-figure earners, you know. And it's, it, Listen, um, Mitt is going to be in the building. Atiyah is going to be in the building. You know, Jake is going to—Christina Spells is going to be in the— yeah, Listen, man— Mac is going to be in the
15: building. Um, oh, my God. President Leo. I think the biggest thing is, Byron, you know, that, uh, you know, we want people to realize is that, you know, it's it's great that we're going to be having a good time. You know, it's great that we got a lot of, you know, seven to eight figure earners coming together. But I think the most important thing is for people who probably wondering, like, damn, what if I make only, you know, ten thousand a month right now? And guess what? You getting ready to get in the room with people who's going to help you. You know, take uh, that 10000 20000 a month. It's going to help you take it to six figures a month because everybody's going to be sharing the strategies and stuff step by step or what, exactly what they're doing to take your income to the next level before the year is out. Also, you got a guy like Haitian CEO coming. He's going to be talking about how you can acquire six figures in business credit. So you got six figures now in real estate. Now you're going to learn how to get an extra six figures in business credit. You got my guy Larry. He's going to teach you how to save at least five figures and in, in, uh, when it comes to your taxes and what type of investment accounts you need to be investing in and also, we got, uh, you know, prayers, Leo. He's going to teach you how to invest the money uh, when it comes to uh, Wealth on Wheels, which is Turo. Uh, we got a lady coming to talk about the box truck business. So we got multiple different businesses that you can learn not only how to take your income to the next level, but if you one of those type of people don't know exactly what to invest your income in, then you need to get in the room with seven- to eight-figure earners. So I just wanted to let them know that, Byron.
2: You know what, Diddy, what I liked about uh, the last situation, right? Is that, you know, one thing about it was you literally got some of the most successful people that you could possibly imagine. I mean, absolute geniuses in a field, right? And it was literally no no big eyes, no little you's. Okay. It was none of that, right? It was it was family, it was a family vibe. Um, people were sharing their their uh, their struggles in business, right? And you would think, damn, you know, like these, they making a killing and they got struggles. How is that possible? Sharing their struggles sharing the things that they're they're winning at right and we're going back and forth and this back and forth dialogue let's this is what i'm doing great this is what i'm struggling at right and and then everybody is pouring into what you're struggling at and what they're great at and, and vice versa can you imagine the amount of synergistic power that is taking place in those particular exchanges if you don't get it, you may you may not ever get it, and, I, and I'm just gonna leave it at that, Diddy. So sometimes, sometimes, Diddy, you just gotta leave it at
15: that. You understand what I'm
2: saying? You That's just right. gotta leave it at that.
15: <laughs> Listen, yeah, man, I'm excited, man. I'm excited to take my own business to the next level, you man. You understand and, what I'm saying? And, and not only this network, but you know who can I partner with? Ooh. you know to do bigger deals because it take partnerships to do bigger deals. So uh, mm. I hope they don't let that go over their head, man. I'm looking to take my own income to the next level. So. Mm. Wow.
2: So, uh, yeah, with that being said, <laughs> Ashley, what's going on, man? How you feeling, man? You feeling all right? I know we're going to have Bible study tonight in the welcome Community. You understand what I'm saying? We got my guy AD coming through tonight. Let's put some respect on that. You understand Bible what I'm saying? Bible study been a hit
15: lately, man. Bible study been going crazy lately.
2: Benny man. came through and destroyed the place last week. <laughs> I'm just saying Listen Listen This is going to be A special event tonight You know what I'm saying and, and Adrian Davis Ain't no slouch himself Ain't that right Did He, he do alright for himself Don't
15: he Yes sir Absolutely man Absolutely <laughs> I'm just saying so, uh, He's a whole entrepreneur Yeah he in Hollywood He out there in Hollywood man mm-hmm. He be hanging out With Lance Gross And all them type of guys man So Yeah You right. know But he is a pastor You know And he pastor a lot of those guys too So you know, I'm looking forward to it
6: tonight, man. Hey, hey, Byron, can I know something real quick? Absolutely. Yeah, earlier on, I gave the wrong form number to catch up on depreciation. It's the thirty-one fifteen, not 8082, okay.
2: so the eighty-eighty-two. Okay, so hold on, hold on. Say, say that one. Hold on, wait a minute. Let me pause. Let me pause. Now, what, what that was?
6: Yeah, earlier on, I mentioned catching up on your depreciation if you didn't take depreciation for the rental properties that you own. It's the 3,115 form that you need to have your accountant file, not the form 8082.
2: Shout out to the integrity in the building, you know. You know, not having enough ego, you know, too much facts. ego. You know what I'm saying? What I'm saying? To clarify the facts.
4: Shout because he has you. an English degree, so he is known to have integrity. <laughs> for verifying his information. Ooh. Shout out to the English degrees in the building.
2: I'm just saying. It's a beautiful thing. It's a
0: beautiful thing. We love
4: Malachi here. Malachi, I want to get you back over. Malachi comes over to the Phenomenal Women Leading community from time to time, too, and share his insight and value. So, Malachi, the invitation is always there. Make sure you tap back in and share some more of your information in the evening sessions as well. So, for uh, the people who are on the app in the evenings, they can tap into your brilliance in too so make sure you tap in with us on Wednesday nights alright Malachi
0: yes indeed well
2: so listen man
4: Cyrus. You...
2: what's up
4: it was another good session today
2: say it again say it again one more time
4: one more time for the people in the back that didn't get time. to hear me it was another good session today <laughs> 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 what are y'all gonna do with us that's the question what are y'all gonna do with us okay hey y'all we appreciate y'all tapping in we even had Uncle O and Brian and Diddy dropping some jewels in the conversation did you hear Uncle O get into it
2: yeah he went ahead and dropped his oh, little piece hey. he just said it down he just said it I, down I know a little something about this topic man yeah. I have to be quiet you know what I'm saying yeah yeah you know he just said it
3: there. you know what I'm saying <laughs>
4: Malachi, uh, someone asked in the chat if you could repeat that. Hold on. Oh, before oh, you walk oh, through. Oh, yeah, before you I, come through. You Wait me. a second. Wait a second. <laughs> you heard me. What am I going to do with you? Listen, Malachi, there's a question in the chat. They want to make sure they have that form one more time. Please, before Byron has us walk through, can you let them know what that form is one more time?
6: Yes, yeah, the form 3115, uh, application for a change in accounting method.
3: That part. All right.
4: Okay, he gonna have us walk through, y'all. Hey. Hey.
3: Hey. Hey. <laughs> we'll see you all we see y'all the building. Yeah. Is, um,
4: 6
12: a.m., 7 a.m. <laughs> the <laughs> hey, in, hey, in, hey, in hey, the morning. I I when two, he with gang, a rain, get up I'm sh- really doing Bear, the bop. What am I gonna do? With when you? <laughs> I walk <through>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she <found laughs> who broke twins That's in the Once again? Yeah, I broke two. Bye, for the sneaks, couple freaks, come on. be puffin' on that loud. I put Popeye in the leaf. Come, come on. on. I'ma pop a nigga if he creep. Come, come on, on come walk on. through, cans on his head. Yeah, get him off. Oh my yeah. I'm that nigga. Hey, I'm that nigga Wait, I'm on froze, fucking ice tray. Have a nice day. Gucci sweat. that's <laughs> <laughs> You want light, made them fucking hot. Yeah, the fight, weight, leaning sideways. Whoa. It's a vibe. I got two twins in my ride. Come on, fuck it up, babe. Don't be surprised. Okay, that's why you on the passenger side. There's plenty of hoes still in when, when I walk, walk through, through Who gonna be on Instagram a little bit later on talk about I got sauce too, came with the tank, <laughs> jump around, get a shot. Oh I will when hey. I go through you asked me. Yeah, I too.
2: You know every now and then one of them songs come when on that'll, get, that'll put the Don't ugly face on I you. Know.
12: This one of the ones
2: you put the ugly face on and you get your groove on. You know what I'm saying? You can't do this pretty. You understand what I'm saying? You can't, you can't be trying to look cute with this one right here. You gotta put an ugly face on. With
12: my Vado. I got the ugly face on right now. I ain't gonna lie. About it. You a nasty little bitch. The way Yo, you crack it up, you like no, a I just go and get it. She don't ask for the shit. I just might put that TV glass <laughs> on her wrist. <laughs> hey, may y'all be blessed, when man. I'ma through. see y'all tomorrow. Tomorrow, we gonna yeah. be talking about
2: recession-proof plans gang. in this real estate game. You yeah, right. We gonna be diving deep. You know what I'm saying? When I walk through My guy O's finna be going crazy She's tomorrow, fine. man Didn't We gon' listen Twins and No the hoes, boy again. Yeah, I broke Million dollar you it is When I walk through And may y'all be blessed, man See y'all tomorrow